about to opt in to Mineratopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty. Alright. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Busy week. Busy, busy, Monero, busy stuff. Oh yeah, crypto stuff. Okay, cake sweet, stuff. sweet. Yeah, you're doing cake stuff, right? Any, anything you can, uh, anything you can talk about, anything you can tell us about, or not um, yet? We do have Monero policy coming out this week, I believe, because I mentioned that last week. Um, yes, which is awesome because then when you restore with your policy, uh, it includes the block height. Yes, I was just telling somebody about that yesterday. That's that awesome. Great. That's a big problem solver right there. It is. It is. Uh, so that's that's a cool Monero feature, um, and we have other crypto stuff. But yeah, that's going on. Hold up, I'm just tweeting this out. Okay, bam. So yeah, I'm thinking today. Today we we do the we do the price report. Do price report first. Uh, we're gonna demo the XMR Bazaar escrow tool, which is very exciting. I was a little apprehensive about doing it today because I wanted to maybe wait a little longer as we got closer to launching the MVP. But I think we're think we're ready we'll get people excited i'm excited uh looks like it's working pretty well at this point i know you tested it tux and some other people have been messing around with it so we'll do that but it takes some time for it to confirm so i think we do the uh price report first so we can let more people roll in then we could start the the test you can demo it and then we could like go to news or something and then come back to it yeah that sounds good and yeah i mean it's it's looking pretty Pretty awesome. Anarchio's done a really good job. I'm I'm pretty impressed with what he's been able to put together. Uh, so yeah, that'll be great to demo. But do we have Anarchio in the chat? Hopefully he'll uh, he'll join the. I know. Did he get the uh, Did he get the I, YouTube? Link? I'll try to. Um, I'll throw it in there and try to convince him during price report to jump on. That would be fantastic if we get Anarchio in here, and then he can that would be participate through commenting. Um, he's super super private. He doesn't he doesn't want to come on. He doesn't want to you know, come on the stream at all, but we could get him in the, in the comments, which would be really cool. We can interact a little bit there, but uh, yeah, let's take it away. Price report. Let's do it. All right. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges, buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer to peer. Buddy. Good morning, buddy. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going, man? How are you? Good, good. Slightly behind. Uh, I had the wrong, my fault. Oh, no worries, no worries. I was, I was like, why haven't we started yet? And I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> I was busy dorking around with um, with the uh, the regression analysis. So um, this is the weekly. And this, this yellow line right here is always changing. Like every day that we get new data, this yellow line changes. So I haven't updated it in a while. I updated it last night. And uh, I was just playing around with it. Anyway, so yeah, I was nerding out on charts and then I lost track of time. Yeah, no worries. Exciting. A lot of, I mean, uh, crypto's looking pretty strong right now, right? 
Yeah, I mean, all signs look like they want to go. Uh, I think there's continued optimism about the uh, about the ETF. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still not convinced that necessarily like this is the run. Uh, it it seems like it would be too much for us to just keep going here to make new all time highs and then just blast through. Now that could happen. Uh, it, it totally could happen. But um, we'll we'll look at some fundamental stuff later on that uh, you know that'll sort of hopefully parse that out a bit. Um, right here, we're looking at the it's it's BNC underscore BLX. If you're looking on TradingView, it's basically like the full lifetime history of Bitcoin. If you type crypto colon um, BTC, you'll find um, you'll find like a, actually let's just do it. So this is actually a pretty useful way of finding uh, various coins and getting their full history. Um, like I'm sure you guys have noticed, depending on the exchange that you look at, you might you may or may not find the full history of the coin that you're looking for. Um, like for example, Kraken has the full history of Monero, but then if you get on Binance and look at like XMR BTC, they don't have the full history. Um, much to our chagrin, as uh, as many people on Twitter will often paste a partial XMR BTC chart. Anyway, so if you use the crypto ticker, um, what you'll actually find is that um, Bitcoin Bitcoin was trading. Uh, oh wow, I didn't know I had so much stuff on there. Okay, well ignore all the lines; the lines don't matter. But you'll notice that this goes back to like like 2009. Um, which is kind of weird. Like, how could it be trading in 2000? Uh, but I, I guess there was like early exchanges back then. At any rate, um, I didn't include any of this early data um, right here in the analysis just because it, it doesn't quite look real to me. I'm not sure that it is. Um, maybe I'll look at it again. I think I had done most of the analysis without looking at this data. And then I looked at it like briefly and I said, well, I'm not, I'm not sure about it. Um, so anyways, uh, just, just for your information, you can use crypto. But the data is based on BLX. Um, and then also, I also throw out this data right here. Cause just when you put it into, like when you drop it in, into the analysis, you look at that and it, it just looks off. It looks very weird. It looks like dirty data and it doesn't look real. It's just basically flatline and then oscillating. Like this move is something like, what is that? Yeah. That, that one wick, that interday wick is like 50%, right? And that, that up wick down there is almost a three X, you know, on just one day. So the data seems dirty. It seems like that first exchange. Um, or that early exchange on which that price was based was like, I don't know, it seems like they were probably testing out algorithms or testing out matching engines or something like it's got to be an artifact. Anyways, okay, so we're looking at the weekly here, you can see like this is basically the big broad view. Um, now, one thing I haven't done is recalculate this red line, because we're really not sure until we finally get back to all time highs. And it looks like we're in a new bull market, like we can't really be sure. Um, if this was the was the red line low, if that makes sense, like you'll notice, even though this was the the technically like ultimate low in the last bear market, um, that washout that happened in in 2020 was was like actually the low as per the farthest deviation from the model. So you can think of the orange line as the model. Like this is this is overall like the Bitcoin model. Like this is the best way to model the non-bubble data, right? So when we say non-bubble data, we mean like that's a blow off top. That's a blow off top. That's a blow off top. Um, and so what you want to do is model the data that isn't involved in a blow off top. And to do that, um, you basically have to progressively remove the highest points. So you'll kind of what you do is you, you plot like you get a best fit line and you say, OK, all of this stuff right here is too high. So you'll, you'll chop off just a little bit of the top and then you'll recalculate the line and you'll keep doing that. Like you'll keep coming a little bit lower and a little bit lower and a little bit lower until you're only left with this non bubble data down here. And that's the yellow line. 
And when you're in that zone, which we are now, which is which I kind of consider something closer to the fair price of Bitcoin. It's not hyper, you know, it's not leverage, pumped, hype, um, all that stuff. And neither is it like in some dire circumstance where, you know, like it crashed in 2020, right? It's kind of like the steady state value of Bitcoin. Um, but like I said, that changes every single day. So um, I hadn't recalculated, recalculated it in a while. And you'll notice we're basically just oscillating around this yellow line, which is something we, we really did kind of expect should happen. Um, kind of based on the, the 2014 cycle, 2015 cycle. Um, after the big washout happened, you kind of had like, it wasn't a double top, but you had like the one-two punch that happened in April, December. Um, or was it November? No, it was eh, November, December, um, which was very similar to what we got here, kind of boom, boom. Um, obviously, you know, you're not looking as, at as many Xs because the market cap is so large, um, but it was like a similar structure. So anyways, um, yeah, back down here when we were oscillating around that line, uh, that was, looks like about 30%. There was about 30% difference between those two. And right now, yeah, it's about 35%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in a big broad picture, you, you know, you could say that uh, we're basically, things are just continuing up. And where Bitcoin goes, so should rest most of the rest of the market, especially the established coins like Monero. Um, if we wanted to, we could drop down here into the daily time frame, get a better look at it. Uh, let me turn on extrapolation. These extrapolations aren't like mathematically calculated. I didn't do that. I just dropped, I lazily dropped some uh, curved lines. So they're not like perfect, perfect, but I mean, they're going to be within like 5%. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, you're looking at the extrapolation, the highest that we could get between now and say next year would, would be somewhere around 170,000. I'd be surprised if we actually made it that far next year, but hey, you know, who knows what could happen. So um, let's go ahead and go to just like the regular BDUSD chart um, that, that we got drawn up. So uh, still things are kind of just like, trending in this sort of space right here that was created between um, the different ways you could draw these lines. And, uh, you know, I mean, things look optimistic. You'll notice that as of the past day, um, Bitcoin is still like, it's it's finally actually closed a day above that line, which is the first time it's done that. It's only just barely poked above. So, you know, we need to see some continued strength. But if we were over the next couple of days to establish above this line, um, there's a very decent chance that things could um, start moving up to that 47,000 area. It doesn't have to get there like in one straight shot. But that's kind of how we've seen the pumps happen for, for like the past year. Like everything just pumps hard for, I don't know, could be like usually in less than a week, right? It's usually like one, two, three days pump, take a break, and then another two days pump. And then kind of the same thing happened here. Everything pumped basically within a week. Um, but now things are like continuing to drift up, which is, I mean, that's that's nice, right? People want their gains. Um, take a look at Monero as well. I think we're still still like trying to get out of this sort of capping line right here, This this capping horizontal area. Um, when this thing breaks, I would imagine that it, it should break pretty quickly to the upside. Um, kind of a weird chart, if, if you ask me, like a weird way to pump to the top side and then get all these like wicks to the downside. It just looks looks weird, but yeah, okay. Um, at any rate, you know, this thing should be breaking to the upside. We talked last week, hey, you know, we're sitting at this level. We're looking to break. We're looking to break higher. Um, I guess we're still delayed on that, but okay. Uh, in terms of the ratio, we're still kind of hanging out in the same area, just like at the bottom. Looks very similar to kind of what was happening um, down here and down here. So one thing that we have seen that's that's been nice is the Monero transaction counts um, have have bumped up a little bit. So we're we're basically sitting above like twenty four thousand, um, kind of oscillating around the twenty five thousand area, and we haven't done that for a while. Like it's been mm, yeah, it's like a nice little step up, right? Yeah, yeah, we had like this this bounce. I don't know what that was. Um, yeah, it's weird. Sometimes we get these big spikes. Um, I, yeah, I have to imagine that's, that's that probably, I don't know. Like maybe it's we've seen where we've like one time we had sixty thousand transactions for a day. It just came out of nowhere. Um, 
could be chain analysis trying to experiment with how well can they follow outputs um, for a period of time if they flood, you know, if they flood the network. I, I would imagine they've got the resources to play around with that. So why, why wouldn't you? You know, if you're them and you've got billions of dollars, like why wouldn't you? Which is fine. You know, thanks for the thanks for the uh, the mining money, guys. Appreciate the transaction. Yeah. Right. Um, let's see. Okay, so there's not too much here. You know what I haven't looked at in a while actually is Bitcoin dominance. I think I have it. Um, we'll mute that as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I did draw this out slightly differently um, fairly recently. So Bitcoin dominance looks like it's kind of in this um, like upward rising wedge here. So um, again, like I don't really have too many too many opinions on how this chart plays out. There's talk now of restarting FTX. Um, they're like selling assets, and now that Mr. Bankman is out of the way, uh, it does sound there has been there have been many mentions by the um, by the trustee um, of of um, of FTX that they could restart it. So if they're able to restart FTX, that's kind of like another shitcoin exchange that they can you know that they'll be able to like play around with. They'll probably have to be on better behavior, but um, you know they're still they'll still be able to like really promote those coins and people will get excited uh, about, you know, the, the coins that FTX promoted. No need to mention them um, at this moment. Although if you did want to mention them, <laughs> here's some of what they look, what, what they might look like. Um, Dogcoin is uh, making a little comeback here. Everything else is just kind of trending sideways. And that's, that's really what the market overall, um, as far as crypto uh, looks like, it's basically, um, so what did I do? Clicking too fast. Uh, oh, that's what I wanted to find. Um, yeah, okay, so here's the short-term Bitcoin chart. And you'll notice, like, so this channel that we drew out yesterday, um, this, like, rising channel, um, still continues to be intact. You'll notice that we've gotten above that before. So just because we're in this range doesn't necessarily mean to expect it expect it to break. Um, but what you really want to see is this thing getting up. And um, I, I don't know where the day changeovers happen. Like, okay, here we go. Um, no, we, that's too much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would... This channel and the way that it kind of falsely breaks out and then kind of falls down would make you think it's going to continue just doing that. But uh, it's, it's hard. Like this kind of TA becomes less and less useful when you get these kind of breakouts because then you think, oh, okay, it could just be a false breakout. And then it continues pumping. And you're like, well, okay. So maybe maybe that's not like a super useful chart. Um, a big one that we, we really should talk about today is gold. So uh, in the last couple of days, gold put on some big gains. And let's go to the monthly because um, you know we really want to take a look at the big picture here. And why what happened, why um, the close of the month candle, which happened two days ago, is important. So you'll notice that, um, you know, the, the highest close that we've had on a monthly was was at this area right here, uh, right there. And so we finally closed um, a month above the previous high. So that's kind of a big deal to have closed um, the month of November um, at this level here. And then things continued to run on Friday. So if we drop down into the weekly, uh, you'll notice that... Um, that again, like we had our first weekly close. Um, I shouldn't say first weekly close, but this is this is the highest weekly close. Technically, it's the highest weekly close that gold has ever had. Now, um, it closed at basically the previous all time highs, um, you know, within less than a percent there. So gold definitely is looking uh, is, it's definitely looking optimistic here. That doesn't necessarily mean to expect it to, to really, truly break out at this moment. Um, this could be pressure. Uh, relief, basically letting that steam valve go so that they can sort of uh, reacquire the opportunity to stop this thing for a little bit longer before it goes. But maybe that doesn't have to happen, right? Sometimes when it's time for something to go and or the cabal has positioned themselves well and they're ready for it, 
um, things will just go right. Things will just go to the upside. It'll break and it'll keep breaking. So that to me, to me, gold is like a very strong signal for us to tell us whether or not the run that we're seeing is real and is going to continue. And it's like truly the next bull market in progress in a lot of ways it already is right. Like even if we drop back down, so if we go back to Bitcoin here for a second and we go back to BLX, even if we drop back down to the, um, to the lower regression band, right? Even if we fully touch this lower band, um, let's suppose we did something like this, right? And we drop down like that relatively soon. That's still 23,000, right? Which is well above the 15,000 um, price point. So, um, I mean, we basically like, you could, unless things like really crash in some catastrophic kind of way, we really are already in the new bull market um, in sort of a very, very general sense. But are we in like that hype phase, the blow off phase where you're getting all, you know, that 2X and then 4X, you know, Bitcoin, new all time high and then 2X after that, right? Like we're not, I'm not convinced that we're quite in that zone yet. Um, it would be a little bit early and there are some macro signals um, that that might contradict that or that could could give us something to worry about. Um, things like recession concerns like that. Um, but coming back to gold, to me, gold is a very important thing for us to look at an important metric because if gold breaks quickly to new all-time highs, establishes that, and then starts running like that, this kind of pattern right here, um, that's a, a big signal that we are basically moving into a new macro large bull market and to be long with pretty much your entire stack. Um, gold runs first. That's that's just the pattern. It's what they do. Um, again, you run gold first. You let that You let that steam valve go. You position yourself before that steam valve blows. So you run gold, you run it too high, you get all of the, um, all of the hype involved, all the gold bugs come out and they start buying your gold, right? So now you're unloading your bags onto the market and then you're switching into the markets that you actually want people to pay attention to for the long term. You suppress gold for a very long term while you keep pumping the financials market. So we're talking the NASDAQ stock market, um, all that good stuff. And that's the pattern it keeps. It, so first of all, you make money because, you know, if you're an insider, if you're cabal, if you're part of the, um, you know, the gold suppression cabal. Um, you're making money off of that trade. And even if you weren't making money, even if you had to pay to do it, that's still good for you because you don't want people buying a sovereign money, a sovereign asset, a bearer asset that, uh, you know, that you can't control. So you get them excited and then you dump on them and then they don't have any gains. And then everyone sees gold for a year or two while the stock market runs, gold is just flat. And everyone's like, I don't want part of it. I don't, I don't want any of that. And then everyone just naturally moves into the stock market. So the idea is that you're trying to um, influence the social fabric. And uh, we've talked about this many times before. But again, this is the reason why you really want to look at gold. They're going to run gold first, most likely. Um, and that will tell us that we're in a new macro bull market. So one reason to suspect that this isn't like the big one to the upside, that is not the not to the downside, is because of the reverse repos. Basically, everything that we've seen for the past, um, let's just say month or two, I think has been largely propelled by the release of funds that are in the reverse repo market, right? Like, all of this action where the reverse repo market was was moving to the upside and continued to move to the upside. Um, that was that was like bad. That was all like negative for crypto. Um, it was actually incredible that they that so much money had left um, had left risk assets, risk markets into the reverse repo markets. And yet we still managed to make a new all time high um, in stocks and crypto. Um, that was a lot of leverage and a lot of fraud. But um, anyways, this reverse repo just continues to drop, continues to fall off a cliff, but you'll notice that, uh, you know, you can't go lower than zero. 
So this thing at this rate will be done by January of next year. And then you have to ask yourself, well, where are they going to come up with liquidity to keep pumping these markets? Um, in the green here, this green line, that's that's sort of like the larger liquidity picture, right? So that's reverse repos, the U.S. Treasury um, uh, balance sheet, the Federal Reserve balance sheet, and the M2 money supply. So you notice this like uh, this big uptick right here. And this uptick signals that, hey, stocks are probably going to probably going to move up, right? The things are, there's liquidity in the market and things are probably going to move up. Um, I'm surprised that stocks didn't even take a, like hardly a pullback at all. Like it's having some resistance here. Um, but this thing could easily, especially with more liquidity jumping into the markets. If we continue to see these re reverse repos falling, stocks are going to continue going up and probably gold will continue going up with, but once this thing reaches zero, a lot of people are asking, scratching their heads. Okay. Well, where are you guys going to get the money that you need? So for example, the federal government lately, um, they've had terrible sales on their long-term bonds and they've been relying heavily on the short, the short end of the yield curve. So, um, the lower, you know, the three month, the six month, the one year bonds, they've been selling a lot of those and they've been convincing, um, institutions to come out of the reverse repo and then buy their bonds, uh, these short-term bonds right now we are seeing, um, the long-term bonds take a pullback here and we are seeing, it looks a little bit like the short-term bonds even are starting to drop off. So, um, if these start falling below the uh, the current federal funds rate, that's that starts to become a problem, right? So we, I mean, we're not there yet. Um, but if this thing starts to fall down, if these if these bonds, if the if the rates start to drop, um, that's probably a bad sign, especially if we're running out of reverse repo liquidity. That would be a bad sign for continued gains in the market. Now, that doesn't mean <laughs> let's be careful here because there. Um, there are a number of prominent bears that um, that called the bear market uh, good on them, but that are still like heavily bearish. They're still like bear and things are going to crash and uh, we're going to be stagnant for two years and, uh, you know, it's in and recession and this and that. And while, yes, we could get a recession, we could get some problems. It seems difficult to me to think that an election year like this, um, I mean, that's just one factor, but it seems difficult to think that they're just going to let this thing crash 50 percent like it's 2008 again. So while, yes, we could get some pullback, while, yes, maybe a recession does cause um, some large drop off here, you know, in the stock market over the some period of time next year, that thing will bounce back. They'll open the floodgates. They have to open the floodgates. They like they're politicians. They need the money to print for their federal government. And the way to do that is to just is to wash the markets and liquidity. Oh, and by the way. So yes, I'm concerned about inflation, but if they start us into a new a new bull market in 2024, like a really like a hardcore bull market, that will actually cause inflation to take a break. Because when people see the markets running and they're like, oh wow, I'm gonna make like two, three, 10x here on my investment, they stop buying stuff in the real world and they put their money, they put their extra cash into the markets because they want those mad gains. So um a running market here, if like um, especially if we get some big washout and then a new liquidity event um, where they create a bunch of liquidity, they drop rates, you know, stuff like that. The usual expect to see inflation. Um, I mean, nothing's going to come down. You're, you're not going to see deflation, but um, expect to see those CPI numbers um, come back into target where they want um, and expect inflation to sort of uh, chill out for a little bit, um, which is kind of counterintuitive, right? You would think that, okay, well, the markets are running. Everyone is richer now. So we're going to have more inflation. Um, yeah. But, you know, remember the decade after 2008 when inflation was actually pretty low, like the inflation was not did not do what all the libertarians said it was going to do, um, which is kind of like a, a note to libertarians. Like if you were one of the guys for a decade talking about hyperinflation and all the money and the quantitative easing ha easing happening, 
and that didn't cause inflation in the real economy, you should you should note to yourself that something more complex is going on, and you need to understand why that happened. So um, I think this is potentially one mechanism of why that happened. Um, there are many others, but yeah, a bull market here probably means inflation will take a little bit of a break uh, while while markets run for say a year or two. Um, so uh, I think you know I think that's about um, that's pretty much everything we need to look at today. I, I would say, uh, unless you guys have any questions. No, 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 no. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, I would think. I guess, yeah, I never really thought about that. I would think as the market goes up, people are fear, feeling richer. They would, you would think they'd be spending more in the real world. But you're saying it's, it's they, they actually get more pulled into the market at that point and are looking to just throw more money in the market and not spend. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's a partial factor, right? It's not um, it's not the full picture. But yeah, yeah, if yeah. you'll you'll notice that like 2020, 2021, for most of that time period, inflation was actually pretty good. Like it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, even though the markets had like Bitcoin had just done, um, three X, three and a half X from its all time high. The inflation didn't hit until the markets were peaking. It's kind of like, okay, everyone wants to be in the market and then it's a bit of a game of chicken. Um, and then people start getting out of the market, say, Hey, I'm rich. And they start spending money, right? This in, in aggregate, this kind of action happens. And then people, then they start realizing the top is come and gone. And so people are like, Oh crap, let me, let me, um, let me buy something. Oh crap. The inflation is here. I better buy even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it kind of you get these like magnification f- feedback e- uh, effects. Um, Seems like the timing is going to be pretty good for for Biden to to be out there being like, "Look, look at the economy, look at the stock market, look at everything's great." Right? Yeah. Seems, are we are we heading in that direction? I mean, I I really do ask myself that because the like those criminals have done everything that they possibly can across every domain to um to cheat the system. Uh, I mean the system itself, but uh, never mind the anarchy part of it. They've done everything that they can to cheat the system, and so why wouldn't they cheat the markets? Why wouldn't they pump the markets and make everyone feel better going into the election? Yeah, it's like the easiest move for them. They're they're definitely trying. It's whether whether or not they could pull it off, right? Um, we shall see. Seems yeah, to they'll be- have to get creative after they run out of those reverse repos. But um, I bet you they got some tricks up their sleeve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Give me those gains. Give me them gains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you as always. Greatly appreciate it, body. Thank you. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Sweet. Later, guys. Thanks, buddy. Later, later. All uh, right. We will keep it moving. Tux, what do you think? Race. Should we should we do the demo now and then jump into news? Would that be Yeah, we should we should start it. Okay. And um an RQO is uh, really wanting three people to do it. So I'm going to be the buyer. Okay. I'm going to send you the seller link, and I'm going to give Redane the mediator. You're going to send me sense. the seller link? Yeah. You good okay. with that? Uh, ch- 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 I mean, I don't have like... Um, I can give you a address. Uh, I got you an address. You can just use one of mine. I do have Featherwild, but I haven't. Uh, if you haven't put any coins in. Well, actually, since you're the seller, you wouldn't have to. Um, but I can just give you one of my addresses. I think um, it'd be better if sense. you just do. Or why? Why does it? Why about you, Anarchio, and Redon? I mean, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he. I don't think he wanted to. Let me ask. Okay. He was very persistent on three people doing it. <laughs> why just doing multi parts? I don't know. I mean, I, I get that. We'll we'll do that offline. Uh, we've done that offline, but for purposes of showing, just demoing it, right? without making sure you know we could actually show it off right because then you could just you could screen share all all three parts yeah yeah that 
that's you'll that's... have to you'll have to ask him in the chat real quick. Okay, well let's see what's the issue. I don't get it. I don't know. Anarchy, are you in the chat? Is he in the chat? I think uh, he, was, he said he was having trouble with uh with having YouTube open uh because it's like really uh it's really slow for him. Okay, because I know he's like by a tour or whatever. Um, yeah, I would just do just just you demo it. I don't really understand the. I mean, we, we realize this this is a demo, right? So could theoretically we be pulling tricks behind the street? It's like scenes. It's not actually working. Sure, yeah, but we're you know right now we're we're just demoing it. We're showing it to you. Uh, I guess you have to trust that that it's working at this point. Here, um, I'll I'll just do I'll do the um buyer and the seller and i'll have Redane do the media because uh, he's in the chat he's ready to do that okay uh and then we can show off the chat so he can start messaging me in the the chat on the escrow itself so i'm going to share my screen let me get these windows up here because for me to participate i need feather wallet up and running right no that's what i'm saying i could just give you one of my addresses you oh just use my wallet okay you know if if you want all right if you want to send the link so okay all right you'll be the seller then Right, uh, I'll create the. All right, I'll show what this looks like creating the new escrow. I'm gonna share my screen. Try to get a full screen here. Just trying to make this as painless as possible for. Yeah, yeah. Viewers at home. All right. So here is. Oh look, I've got a previous one saved right there. I'm gonna make a new one though. Uh, this is the escrow. This is like a kind of like a second version of the yeah, escrow tool. I haven't seen this in in months. Right, I saw it last time we tested it. Same, I was kind of out of the loop, um, but there's been a lot of changes. So I'm going to start a new escrow, and I'm going to start this one as the buyer. Wait, let, let, look, yeah, let, let's back up before you even jump in. So guys, so people that are, are tuning in here, so I'm trying to understand what's going on. So we're building XMRBazaar.com. It's a platform, you know, like like Monero Market uh, with with some new newfangled things that we've added to it. It's going to be a different type of user interface, the marketplace itself. It's going to be a peer-to-peer Monero based marketplace where people can buy and sell goods and services peer-to-peer uh, but the, the the real crux of it the main technology that we've been focused on is a essentially a trustless escrow system that we were building into it that allows buyers and sellers to enter into transactions that go into an escrow account that's then uh, where you know that's that, that's control that requires two two signers for for the for the transaction to go through. Um, so there is a buyer, a seller, and a mediator, right? And so the mediator is going to be this this third party. It could be a representative from XMR Bazaar. Uh, it may be that we allow just anybody to kind of be mediators on XMR Bazaar and they'll have their own accounts. So you can pick and choose who your, who your mediator will be based on their past performance. But the idea being is it creates a way for people to trustlessly make a Monero exchange using a, an escrow system that XMR Bazaar essentially doesn't, doesn't control, right? Uh, we'll just be a, a third signer to the transaction, whether it's us or some other party that's acting as the mediator. And that that's really what this is all about. So we're showcasing this tool that Anarchio built. He's he's building the entire XMR Bazaar platform, uh, but he's really been focused on this escrow tool. So right now, Tux is going to showcase how the tool works between the buyer, the seller, and the mediator. Yeah, that was a pretty good explanation. Is that a good explanation? Yeah. I mean, right now, it's like, so right now, if you use, if anybody who's used Monero Market, uh, they do have escrow, but when you're, what you're doing is you're basically, if you're 
buying something on Monero Market currently, uh, you're sending your Monero, it's going to Monero Market. They're holding that Monero, right? And then they're releasing it um, um, when they're essentially given the go-ahead to do so, right? When, the, when, when they believe it's the right time to release that Monero. So it's being held by the platform itself. In this scenario, with this escrow system, XMR Bazaar is technically never holding your Monero. Nobody's holding your Monero. It's using multi-signature, and it requires two two signatures for a transaction to go through. Right. So we'll see exactly why it's non-custodial in just a second when I set it up. So it requires the the sender to sign, and then the re- the receiver to also sign. That would be two transactions. It goes through. But in the instances where there's a du- dispute. And the um, the sender doesn't want to release the funds. The mediate that's where, for example, the mediator would step in, and they would be the second signer. Whether it's they're then returning the money back or letting the transaction go through, they would decide at that point, and they would be the second signer in the multi sig transaction. Yep. Um. But yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and set up a new escrow from the buyer. And I'm just going to do random amount, 0.57, whatever. And the mediation fee, so this is the fee that'll go to the mediator in the final transaction once the money goes wherever it needs to go. Uh, So the mediator will get 0.05. And then, of course, I need a return address in case it does get refunded back to me. So I'm going to copy that, start that escrow, and now it's going to start loading the wallet here. And now, can anybody essentially start the process? Oh, no, obviously, I guess the buyer needs to start. No, you can start as any. Okay, you can start as anybody. Okay. And of course, this will hopefully be more integrated into the platform, but this was built sort of as a standalone uh, that will be able to be adaptable in the future uh, just so he could actually figure out how does this even work? Like how does does setting this all up work? It'll take a second to create the wallet because it's doing all this um, on the client side. Yeah, so this is is entirely non-custodial for all the wallets or for the multi-sig wallet itself and all the parts that the people need to download. And it generates each person's part of the wallet on the client side. And because of that, you'll you'll want to... It'll cache. Uh, it'll save some stuff in an index DB. Uh, it'll cache some stuff in the browser. But you'll want to save... Yep, see, here you go. Save your mnemonic. Because this is not on the server. You can't just get this back. Yeah, this, so, is, this is really important to note. And this is what makes it makes it trustless, right? We're not... We're not generating Monero wallets and they're running on XMR Bazaar server. Uh, you're, it's all you're, client side right here. All client side. I'm actually going to save that in case I have to reload the page for any reason. The seller and the buyer and the, the mediator are, are controlling their own keys throughout this entire. And done. Process. So now I'm presented with this nice screen that lets me have a seller link and a mediator link. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one to you, Doug. Copy okay. that one, send that one to you. And if you scroll up on that chat, he's got the username and password for that URL to open. And I'll also send you a... John Batfire saying, has this been posted in Dread? I bet they'd be interested. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they might be interested, though. It's, yeah, we're... Uh, we, you know, obviously, this is all going to be open source and, you know, re- released to the wild. Uh, but we, we want the first implementation to be released via X, the XMR Bazaar platform. And um, here's your address... Doug, I'm also going to send that to you in that Matrix channel. Hold on. You? Oh, you're sending it. Hold on. I still got to send this one to uh, Redane, so I'll do that. Hold on. I didn't even have Matrix open up on my computer. So as soon as these guys get connected with their own part, it should go ahead and it should update. 
Um, where are you sending it to? You sent it on Matrix. Okay, let's see, let's see. Child Bunga Man. All right. What did you wait? You sent me that. I see a link that you sent to Radon. Look the one I sent you. Oh, up top. Okay, sorry. And then use the address I sent you, and then I just sent you the username and password for the URL. I'm still waiting on Redane. Okay, okay. Dang. Oh, is her name? And then what's that? What's that other key? What's that key you sent me? That's the address. That's the that's the stage net address you need to use. Okay. Which is just on my wallet. <laughs> what should I send you? Okay, I sent you the seller one. Very good. Okay, I'm getting a. I guess should I be sharing my screen here too? Or no, it's only going to share one at a time. Okay. So it's. I'm seeing a screen. Join escrow. Do you want to join this escrow? Escrow amount. 0.57 XMR escrow fee 0.05 XMR. Your role is the seller, um, and then it's showing your. Oh, so I have to put in a Monero address, right? Yep. So the one I just copied you. Okay. Very cool. So I'm going to be joining the escrow now. Tux invited me to join the escrow. Sent me the link on XMR Bazaar. This is going to be all, all more fluid, right? Because everybody's going to already be in XMR, XMR Bazaar platform and communicating there. Right, Tux? Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Y- yep, exactly. And it has built in a built-in chat feature. So the, the parties will be will be carrying on a chat there. Uh, an encrypted chat, right? That's that's we should make that clear as well. Um, XMR Bazaar really doesn't isn't going to be obtaining much information at all, right? About the users. Right? They'll just the 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 amount of like the the actual data that we're we're that will be running through our servers. Do we have? Can you can you explain that at all? I know uh, Anarchio is probably better suited for that, but if you could try to oh about people... the chat, yeah, just in general, right? Yeah. So the only thing that's actually going to be stored on the server is the chat, but that's end to end encrypted. It's encrypted using I think you said a private view key tied to the Monero wallet itself. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I did. Uh... It says, please log out of your existing escrow first. Is do it I saying have... that to you? Yeah. Um, do I have another thing open or something? That? I don't know, man. Join escrow. Please log out of your existing escrow first. Did it just show up out of nowhere? I thought you... Oh, you tried to get into it. Uh, yeah, why is it telling me to log out of an existing escrow? I wonder if it has to do with the fact that I had another one open. Um, not, not like... That's kind of weird. All right, get started. Start a new escrow. Open existing escrow. Yeah, let me just try another one. This is why it's a d- Yeah, I think we should, have just had, should have just had you do it. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and do it all on my own. That's what we're originally going to do. All right, all right. I opened it in incognito, so hopefully it won't be uh, using any cash or cookies from the, the other one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do the exact same thing. Um, for copy address, start escrow. Now I'm going to open, once these links show up, I'll have my other browser come up here so I can show what that looks like. All right, so what are you, what are you doing now at this point? It's loading a new wallet. Yeah, anybody that wants to help continue to to work on this and really I mean really just for you know for testing purposes, um we created a matrix chat, right? Yeah, I just created one, um, which for some reason you said you couldn't join. I have idea why. It's public. Um it's a Monero.social space. But I can send it in the chat if you want me to and see if other people Yeah, if you could send that there. Uh anybody that's interested in XMR Bazaar. Oh, we're doing joined. Okay. When it launches, you could join that chat. Here we go. I'm going to save that this. chat talking about XMR Bazaar as it evolves. And then you could be, you know, along for the ride to help us out, be an early adopter. 
That'd be great. All right, save mnemonic, done. All right, I'm gonna try this myself. I'm gonna copy seller link, copy. I'm gonna bring another browser over here. Let's see if this works. Oh yeah, I gotta log into the site in one second. I'm using different browsers just so there's no uh, <clears throat> issues with the database. Um, all right, so there we go. It pulled up the the amounts and my role as seller based on that link. And now I'm going to put in a different address. Maybe the seller at here. This is all from the same wallet. I just labeled different addresses. Uh, oh, yeah, there's that error. Please log out of your existing Ashco first. Hmm, I'm yes. not sure. And I'm logged into it now too. No error. This is a. This should be a totally different one. Hmm. This browser clears everything. You said whose details? Let's do that once. Yeah, this browser. This browser. Um, clears every. This is the mobile browser. It clears everything when you close it. Um, and this incognito. So should be totally separate. Separate database, separate cookie space. Um, weird. Yeah, Narcia saying, did you? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's got to be something's got to be cleared, right? I'm not sure. There's nothing to be cleared. That's the weird part. Basically nothing. Um, oh, I do have this one still open, but this is in a, you know, this is in the non-incognito, so that really shouldn't matter. I'm gonna log into that one anyway. Uh, just yeah, I don't know. It's still doing that. You tested it last night on your own. I did. Yep, tested the whole thing last night, and it worked uh, pretty pretty well. I didn't really have any issues with it, so I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we could try another time. Um, I guess consider this a sneak a sneak peek of what of what's to come, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no point in, in boring people here as we just continue to uh, go through screens. I'm just trying on Tor browser, just just as a browser at all. I don't think it's related to cash or anything. Which these browsers you I do use. Do a transaction without a mediator. Yes, you'll be able to do a transaction with you know directly. Uh, it just won't be escrow, right? So this is if you want to use escrow, you'll be you'll have that option, which will be this tool, uh, which will be a lot more slick than what what you're kind of viewing right now because it's going to be built into XMR Bazaar. Uh, the buyer, the seller, and the mediator will will all be there together in a chat. And they'll work it out, and they'll start the process, and they'll go through the process. Um, so, yeah, you don't you don't need to use this on XMR Bazaar. You could just, you know, if you want to take the risks, you can buy or sell a good or services directly with you know somebody else on the other end that's that's providing that good or service, and just sending them the XMR and trusting that they'll deliver. Or in cases where you know maybe it's maybe it's a larger item or something, uh, that's when you would use the escrow, right? So that you would feel comfortable as a participant in the trade, knowing that, you know, you've received your item, for example, before sending payment, things like that. Uh, so it leads to uh, less people taking advantage, which is, you know, something that needs to be figured out in, in, in these peer-to-peer marketplaces. And but- it's not custodial, which is the really important part because, you know, clamping regulations and regulatory pressure, you know, will make, Doing custodial escrows just exactly non viable, right? We as a platform, XMR Bazaar, are not you know not a money transmitter, right? It's it's peer to peer. People are entering into transactions as buyers and sellers, peer to peer. And in the instances where they use an escrow, it's not being held by XMR Bazaar. It's this uh, trustless escrow system that's being used. But yeah, you don't have to use it for all your transactions, Mark. Um, yeah, I say we, I say we move on. We could come back. You know, we could try again next week or whatever. Um, Tux, do you want to post the the name of the room? Sure. Yeah, I'll send that link in the chat. Let me grab it. 
Rodonis said he was narky, was looking into it. Give it five or ten. We may be able to resume the demo, likely in a uh, likely a small bug. Uh, yeah, this is why we need people to help us out with testing and whatnot. Oh, 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 I got it. You got it? I was just trying it again in the background. Uh, so I just created a new one. And I used, I just tried different values because I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the issue is. So I'm just doing everything different. Uh, and it seems to be working. And I just joined as the seller. Yep. So I'm going to save this one too. Um, I had a hunch that changing the amount would... Uh, would... Changing the amount? Is what affected it? Okay. That's weird. Yeah, I think so. Um, I also started it off with a different browser. Um, but yeah, so now I'm joined as a seller too. Okay. I got both of these here. Where's uh, the where's the chat feature? It's right here. It'll show up, I think, once. Once everybody joins. Oh, you know what? Hmm. I did join that with Tor Browser. I don't think Tor Browser lets you do a web socket. Let me join the mediator uh, and see if that'll that'll work properly. Because it's saying the buyer isn't joined or the seller isn't joined, even though he kind of is. Let me open this on a different browser because I can restore. Let me let me open this one on Chrome here. Technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let me see if I can open existing by using the mnemonic here that I saved. I'm going to log out from Tor browser so I don't cause any issues. Michael Tan is asking, will this be open source? Yes, this will be open source. Um, you know, we're not we're not making the code public yet because, like I said, I want to I want to release the first implementation public use of this on XMR Bazaar. Uh, but everything will be open source. All right, buyer. Now I'm the buyer on this browser instead of on Tor browser. It's loading the wallet. That's that's probably my fault for using Tor browser. It's going to be really slow for that anyway. And I see Anarchio is getting stressed out. Anarchio, don't stress, man. Anarchio is stressed out. Uh, yeah, don't stress. It's it's all totally good. Like no, this is we're trying to do something that you shouldn't really be doing, which is doing a, a demo live on something that's yeah not really ready to be displayed. Um, Anarchio has been doing a, a fantastic job on all this. He's really a one man show. He's the same guy who built Kuno. A lot of people, I think, at this point are aware of Kuno. It's the fundraising platform that's Monero-based. It's been quite successful. Um, and then we've been getting help from others like Radon. He's been assisting us, uh, basically helping uh, Anarchia with giving him feedback on, on what things need to be tweaked. Uh, but he's re- but Anarchia has really been a one-man show otherwise. Uh, he's also the creator of Biteo, and that's what he's using to essentially build XMR Bazaar. He's, he's rebuilding that. Um, changing the user interface. We had we hired a UX UI person, paid for with Monero, of course. They designed a slick user interface for the bazaar. So it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be nice. Um, and we're hoping to launch the MVP in January. It's, we seem to be on target for that. The heavy lifting really was this escrow tool. That was really where all the development was going towards. But now that Anarchia has reached the finish line with that, um, we'll be. You know, he'll be able to focus on on the actual platform itself, and that should be relatively quick to do. Gamba Furnace and Kuno is great. It is great. Like we've seen amazing things come out of Kuno already. Uh, a lot of different fundraisers. Anybody can easily throw up a fundraiser. It's like completely permissionless. Uh, there's no fees that get taken out. Um, so Anarchio's really been doing amazing work for the community, uh, and not really asking for much in return. Obviously, you know, we're, we're, I'm paying him as a dev to do this, uh, but he's he's put in a ton of effort 
ton of effort. And the Kuno, he just did out of, you know, out of the kindness of his heart. He built that, gave essentially gave it to the community. Uh, we're trying to figure out ways to to help Anarchio showcase himself a little bit better and perhaps get get thanks get thanked from the community with Monero tips and things. Um, but to be honest, he's even reluctant to to do that because he's just the type of guy he is. Uh, Tux, what do you think? Are we? I'm going to try setting it up one more time. I think I I screwed up the uh, the way it uh, it syncs because I use Tor browser because of Tor, it's using a WebSocket. I don't think Tor browser supports WebSocket properly. Okay, uh, I'm going to try one more time. One more time. All right. Um, save this demonic. Save that. All right. Now I'm going to try and have the seller join from ClearNet browser, and that way there won't be any like slowdowns between them. Edward saying, Kuno facilitated Monero Stadium. Honestly, one of the highlights for me this year. Although heartwarming to see. Thank you, Anarchy, for your contribution. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the uh, That's probably the best example. Um, it helped out with the Monero, Monero Stadium. A lot a lot of other little projects. you got to be careful with Kuno, though, right? Because it's so permissionless, anybody could go up there and put a fundraiser. Uh, so, you know, but that that's, that's part of the game, right? So we're creating this tech... <clears throat> that makes things super accessible for anywhere in the world to participate without permission. But you also have to now it becomes your responsibility to weed out weed out the scams. So us as a community need to kind of watch out for each other. It's unfortunate, but people are going to take advantage when it's so easy to post put something up and say, "Hey, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I need two Monero." Uh, so just be careful with regards to that. Be vigilant. But I think the the ease at which you can create these fundraisers uh, is is a positive. You know, maybe there'll be, I'm sure there'll be other things that will be done to Kuno as it evolves to kind of weed out, help weed out scams, but also balancing keeping it as permissionless as possible. Uh, and I see people asking about it being open source. We are going to, once it's released open source, uh, the, like most of it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. So it'll be the store, um, and then of course the the escrow tool. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, and also pe- people people won't trust it, right? So obviously, we, we want we want it to be vetted and reviewed by the community. Uh, we have people reviewing it now, but obviously, we want anybody to be ta- take a look under the hood. Obviously, yeah. I want this to be not not some like closed off thing where we like keep our secret sauce, but like a a community uh, advancement, right? Because there's not a lot of use for or uh, people using Monero multisig for anything. Um, so this could be uh, this could be useful. Yeah, my, my, my hope is that anybody that wants to use the tool that's saying, "Oh, I can use this for X, Y, and Z, like we'll use it through XMR Bazaar because uh, XMR Bazaar, if if built correctly, what we hope it should be super easy. You know, you create an account. Obviously, we're asking for minimal information. We want people to remain be able to remain completely as anonymous as possible. There are going to be profiles in XMRs are obviously opt-in, and we're going to be encouraging people to fill in those profiles, but while keeping their anonymity. So the profiles will really be for purposes of showcasing kind of the services you can you're looking to offer the community or that the goods and services that you're looking to purchase from the community so we could build this circular economy that we're talking oh, about. There it is. There it is. It's it's, it's going right. away. It's it's zooming. It's going away. Uh, so I guess I had to just connect all of them before it would start to show other ones being online. Uh, but once I got the mediator on too, uh, it just started working. So okay, yeah. Um, so we've got we've got buyer, seller, and mediator. See, I knew this would work. I wasn't giving up. 
Uh, <laughs> Got to show this for Anarchio. Uh, so yeah, so now it's just waiting for deposit. And as you can see, they all synced and we can all, I think I'll chat. Okay. Oh yeah, there's a chat. Sweet. Yep. And, like and the chat works. The, the, the chat is end, end encrypted. Right. And uh, end it's end stored on the server, but it's encrypted with, uh, I think, a private view key is what he said. So right. I'm going to go ahead and grab up my Feather wallet here. I'm going to send a transaction. I'm going to copy this. And I'm going to over deposit just to, to make sure that uh, I'll get that 0.3 back just to show that off. That's why I had a refund address for the buyer in case there's an over deposit. Or, of course, it gets refunded. So I'm going to send so that. So you're the buyer right now. I'm you're the buyer. Excited. I'm sending as the buyer. All right. You've Feather Wallet's building that transaction. And it's going to say, okay. Looks like the right address. Send. And now we wait for the stage net transaction. Yeah, to be clear, guys, this is this is running on, on yeah, yeah, stage, stage net. Stage right. net yeah. But this would theoretically work on. Yeah. Which honestly, at this point, might be better for testing because Monero is so cheap. You know, it's not like Bitcoin where I'm like having to like spend eight dollars every transaction. Mainnet's actually faster for Monero than the stage net. So. Oh, it's faster. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah Way sounds... faster. On average, for me, I think it's like twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes total confirmation time on the stage net. It took like forty minutes to an hour. I was okay. testing last night. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll have to wait on this and see. But as soon as this gets one confirmation. This will show that the deposit is in here, but unconfirmed. Like even even use cases, guys, people that are watching this, you know, even even things like like local Monero, right? People using local Monero, uh, they might they might be use XMR Bazaar for similar for similar types of things using this escrow tool, right? As opposed to using, um, you know, the, the local Monero option. Uh, it's just it's just going to be a new a new type of marketplace, whether. Whatever you're selling or looking to buy, you'll have the ability to use this escrow tool built into it. So, yeah, maybe maybe you want to go sell gold bars for Monero, right? Peer to peer, you could use this escrow tool as you do it. Maybe you want to, maybe you do want to trade Monero for for cash on there. You know, we 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 were originally thinking, or at least I was originally thinking of the marketplace as 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 like traditional goods and services. But I'm sure people will will start to use it for those purposes too, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And yeah, this doesn't even have one confirmation yet. <laughs> so I'd like to see it get one confirmation. Tux never stopped. It's true. Tux didn't give up. He, he powered. Well, I, I, I was like, we're going to show this. I was panicking. Everybody's panicking. Tux is strong. I wanted to make sure Anarchio was able to uh, to see his, his thing work because I knew it worked because I tested it last night. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna open this so I can see uh, how many comps as. Yeah, it still has zero. Once this gets one confirmation, then we can... Uh, do the news and stuff yes and yeah the chat is really slick uh yes. it's really fast and like i said it's and encrypted so you can say whatever you want <laughs> so wait but let's be clear though right so yeah the chat the chat is encrypted and then what so what data are the are the xmr bizarre servers what, what, what do they have access to obviously so encrypted, encrypted chat, chat but it's end-to-end encrypted uh, and then, and then the transaction itself like information about the the transaction itself or the parties involved um do we have insight into i mean that? if this is integrated into xmr bizarre itself i mean the goal is to have the escrow like maybe be, actually I don't, I don't think that would work if it's non-custodial that wouldn't work the goal, in, well, okay, I'll put it this way. The goal initially was to have the platform itself set up a lot of the wallet, but the more we have the platform do it, the more it's integrated and nice, but the more 
it requires custodianship, which then gets into like legal iffy areas. Not yes. that it's illegal, but then like we don't become a money transfer because no, we have this store. We just want we just want a little store that people can use, like yes. money, you know, because like regulations in the U.S. for crypto are kind of hostile, uh, like someone was said, saying earlier. But yeah, so for now, we'll have to figure out exactly how this will be built into the platform. But for now, it might be kind of a, a standoff thing, a standalone thing where you'll have an option to create an escrow when buying something. Like you'll have an option to toggle uh, like multi-sig escrow. But some of that setup will probably have to be done by one of the parties involved initially due to its non-custodial nature. Yeah. Because there's I really mean, no other way to do it. We're going to want to show histories of successful transactions just for, for building up people's profiles and building trust in the network. Um, so that type of information is going to be is going to be gathered, right? Like we, we want to be able to showcase on people's profile that they've had successful sales. Yeah, like what we what what so, could happen is that once this transaction goes through successfully, there could be because like there is some amount of like there is little a bit of information that is stored on the server like the chat and i think there might be like the s like the escrow itself right the escrow like the the number and stuff right that could be reported once the escrow is like done and gone through that could be reported to the server hey it was successful and that could give everybody involved like a, a plus one trade point like they had one good trade basically yes yes exactly if that makes sense but as far as information being on the servers goes like it's just i'll have to ask anarchio specifically but it's what i believe it's just like the escrow number so you can join it. Um, and like the only related info would be like the seller's number, the buyer's number, but none of this is going to be able to be seen by the server because this is all part of the, the multi-sig, which was created only locally. So there's not a lot of information there was handling, which is, which is good and bad, but. And it's, it's fair to say XMR Bazaar will be very Tor friendly, right? In terms of people being able to access it via tour right it's, it's built in, in such a way that people will be able to... yeah i'll see i'll i'll talk with him and see if i can get it to work with um with tour browser i'm not sure if that was just like a glitch or if it was because of the websocket usage um it's possible that the the chat might not work if it's just the chat using websocket but uh yeah i'll check on that later Anarchio himself is super cognizant of these things because he's he he himself you know uh, he probably he the way he accesses the internet and uses these services, he's very cognizant of the fact of making it as permissionless and accessible for all as possible. Oh yeah, considering the fact that Especially he only has access by a tour, um, you know, don't really want to leave any any breadcrumbs or traces behind when they're when they're using things. Uh, so, oh, hold on, looks like we got uh, two comps. Let me, oh yeah, let me check for TX. Let me do that. It's going to sync the wallet now. It's, it's doing a wallet sync, which downloads 20 megabytes. And since the wallet was created a few minutes ago, it's, it's not a lot required for that. But it's actually checking locally in the browser for that transaction. It's probably take just a second. This took a, it took a, oh, yep, there we go. Uh, so wallet has been synced. It found the TX. And now it's waiting for a decision to be made. And I can try to pay now, but it's going to give me an error just because. All right, so wait, just just to explain. So, so right now, the you sent the Monero as a buyer. It went into this multi-sig transaction, right? So it's just kind of correct. Yep, sitting in, in this the multi-sig wallet. Yep, waiting for no, two, nobody, two. nobody controls that Monero at that point, right? But now you, as now you as a buyer, are ready to to sign that transaction, 
right? Yeah, I went ahead and clicked pay seller. Uh, I, there's an option to request refund, but I went ahead and just clicked pay seller. And on the seller side, I can now, uh, the mediator doesn't is not going to have anything because there's nothing to mediate right now because the buyer already agreed to pay the seller, yeah. right? It's just so uh, people I could not- accept this, but it's not going to work because, mm-hmm. um, well, it's making me sink again. Okay. It's going to have an error because uh, the transaction only has to send it yet. It's got four count. Okay. Just for people to like understand, we give them like a scenario here. So like if you were buying, I don't, I don't know what, whatever it is as a, as a buyer, you're buying, uh, you're buying, you're buying, you're buying a motorcycle, right? You, you, you sent the Monero as the buyer. It went into this multi-sig transaction. Um, but the, the motorcycle Yep, never- so there we go. So these both these both two just synced. They both right. signed it, and the information synced across. And now it's like, hey, you gotta wait for ten confirmation. Okay. So I'll click retry once that transaction actually has ten confirmations. But for now, we can wait on that, okay. and we can, I guess, jump into the news. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just, I was trying to just cast a pit, like an example, right? So the buyer, you sent the you sent the you put the Monero into the multisig. Uh, you're buying a motorcycle motorcycle was never delivered or whatever it was so now you as a buyer you have at that uh, you know at that point of time you'd be able to request a refund right and then that's where the mediator would step in and if they agree with you as the buyer be like yeah we see that this whatever this was a scam the guy was never intending on actually selling a motorcycle the mediator would step in sign the transaction it transaction and would go back back to the it would go back to the buyer right or the mediator may step in and be like no uh, we know I've seen proof that the motorcycle was actually delivered. Uh, I know buyer, you're saying it, it wasn't, but I I trust the the seller. He showed me proof, showed me proof of delivery. I'm going to now sign to release the Monero so it goes to. Yep, and then Mr. Mediator can come here and uh, confirm refund, basically. And that's so why there's a chat in this, so then people can you know like communicate uh, on a per order basis. Because yep. the mediator's got to be able to uh, to talk to the buyer or seller. If if no one responds, then you know he's got to be able to give the buyer a refund if he like never gets it shipped or whatever. So yeah, it's it's cool. a really complicated way to do a very se- seemingly basic feature as an escrow, but because it's non custodial, it's it does make it a lot more complicated. But it makes it the most secure and most. Um, I guess regulation free method mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we never have the money in our possession whatsoever. It's not even like originally we were going to probably have encrypted saves of the wallets on Xmar Bazaar that was like end to end encrypted, but even that's questionable. So for now, this is how it's set up. Beautiful, man. Yeah. All right. Good job, man. Good job, Tux. Good job, Anarchio. <laughs> yeah. Good job to Anarchio. It's, yeah. uh, it's a pretty awesome tool. Yeah. I saw, I saw him freaking out the dude. Your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew it was gonna be able to get it working. And I think he said he he fixed the he already fixed the problem uh, we were having. So, yep. All right, Anarchia, amazing. Um, all right, let's let's jump to the news. Do the do the news, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me pull that up. Let me. Uh, I'll run the. Yeah, I'll run the news segment. And now for our weekly news segment. Yeah, yeah. This week we'll, right. we'll run through the news on our own, and then we'll bring up the viewers on stage because it, it, we're realizing it it just goes on forever if we do news with the viewers. As much as I like doing that, so if you're gonna jump up on stage, just kind of you know remember what the stories were, and you you can bring up your points and discussion points afterwards if you want to. 
uh, comment on any of the news today. But this way we could get through the news and then we'll have uh, viewers on stage. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm slightly preoccupied. There's like so much. Yeah, you must get a lot going on. I'm talking to people trying to set this thing up in the background. Uh, so, Better you than me. So, uh, Monero Silver, this is kind of sad. MoneroSilver.com is shutting down. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about Monero Silver. It was a cool oh. site created by someone who's known as Silver for <laughs> buying uh, metals for Monero. Uh, but yeah, as he said, the USA is becoming increasingly hostile towards crypto businesses. It's just too much risk for me right now. Maybe I could do something like this again if I ever move to a different country. But for now, the USA is not a friendly place. That's quite a shame. Um, but that kind of shows the state of things, really, is yes. that the USA has become increasingly hostile. And a lot of European countries have become increasingly hostile towards crypto, crypto businesses. Um, and then especially like if you if you don't start implementing all of these KYC AML stuff. They're going to get on you for that, uh, which is really sad. Um, that is sad. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is an example of, you know, maybe we would see people selling, you know, hard metals on XMR Bazaar, for example. Right. Um, sad to see Monero Silver go. Next, we got the Magic Monero Fund. Once your research or development proposals. So they're looking for funding, basically, uh, the Magic Fund, which was created by partially created by Justin Ehrenhofer. I know he's like on the board of this fund. Uh, oh yeah, here's uh, the current Monero, Magic Monero Fund Committee members are Luke Parker, Requiem, Monero Bowl, this guy, Cole Bear Hugs, and Art Limmer. Uh, I thought Justin Ehrenhofer was a part of this. Yeah, he's definitely part of it. So I guess it's just not listed on here. Um, okay. But yeah, I guess they're looking for funding. So if you want to help that out, then you can totally do that. The Magic Monero uh, Fund is looking for funding? Oh, they're looking for research or development proposals. Oh, okay. Sorry, not funding. Looking for research or development. All right, very I'm cool. looking at all this for the first time. Uh, so yeah, if you're, if you're a researcher or developer, check that out. Um, you can make a proposal. You know, it's it's not like the CCS. Um, it's controlled by the Magic Monero Fund, and I guess they'll they'll review proposals and then they they you know reward if they if they think it's uh, worthy. Um, yeah, it's like a separate. Yeah, it's like a separate thing. Yeah, and they're they're an actual nonprofit, so you can yeah they're fully tax deductible. The donations you make are tax deductible. So you want to give that money to a good cause instead of paying you know giving it to a bad cause. And there you go. That's that's right. way to do it. You could donate to the Magic Monero Fund, and it's tax. You get a tax deduction, and then they use that money you donated to to you know give it out to uh, researchers and devs. It's mainly projects like that. Cool. So. Next, we have this tweet by our buddy Intraceable. Bitcoin, this is about Bitcoin not being censorship resistant. Uh, I didn't look through this, so I guess it's just... <laughs> I, I didn't have any time to look at it. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, him talking with some Bitcoin people and debating about it being censorship resistant. And like we all know it's not. Lots of already Yeah, I think here. it's... Well, what are they referring to here? I don't know well, if you go... Bitcoin not being censorship resistant is a more accepted fact. Here's a non-exhaustive list of those who couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. I think I did see this tweet a while ago, earlier this week, actually. So this is him. This is people that are saying Bitcoin will never have transa- or censored transactions, right? Bitcoin but what's traceable is referring to? Is it referring to... Mining pools. The mining pools. Mining pool censoring, yep. Okay. Because like a lot of the... Or, Two of the biggest, I think, what were the statistic again? It was like over 60% of Bitcoin hash rate is KYC'd, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Big mining pools in China, they're all KYC'd. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's a very bad precedent for something that's supposed to be censorship resistant and decentralized. Yeah, he called it basically he called it like several years ago and people were like very doubtful. But as long as miners have the ability to see a UTXO history, they can willingly or forcefully censor it. I mean, that's that's all there is to it, really. Right. Which Monero does not have that problem. We can't. No. can't see I mean, it tr- wasn't really hard to see it, but some people just I don't know. <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. It's finally becoming a reality. We've been talking about it. You know, yep. for, for years, right? We were, we were called, but now it's coming to fruition, uh, and people are opening up their eyes to it and realizing that you know that's the main difference between Bitcoin and, and Monero. One of the and I've got, and then of course we've got we've got a few more CBDC articles. Um, I'm going to I'm going to show a couple of the ones that you sent first. If I can link. All right, so. Andy hasn't said Bitcoin talk forum bans linking directly or indirectly to mixing services. They are not banning discussion about mixers or about Monero, they say. See if I can open this link. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. The Bitcoin talk forum, which is that's like the original forum for for Bitcoin, oh, right? Cloud flare. Um, there we go. Right. This is like where, where Satoshi was having conversations. Yeah, yeah, this is the OG Bitcoin like yeah, forum basically. And now they've decided to self-censor themselves in terms of having well, no, I think they're going to still allow discussion about mixing and stuff, but they don't want anybody posting any links to any. Yeah, mixing. no linking. Just, I mean, but they went out of their way. If you read on the bottom, of, if you want to read. read his post, uh, the bottom of it, he goes out of his way to mention examples of things. I can't read it because it's small. Examples of things that are not banned. Can you read that, Tux? Uh, right here. Definition of mixer. Oh, the bottom. Oh, thanks to the things that have not banned. Mixers include exchangers. Unless I have a mixing function. Coin joins supporting non-custodial wallets and Monero. All right. It's right there. So, there it is, so you guys. can still talk about Monero. Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> forum. Have no fear. Uh, pretty wild that they have to go to this. Uh, I want to see. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna read this real quick. Uh, for clarity, here's the definition of what we mean by mixer. Um. Something considered mixers meets all these requirements. It has feature advertised protecting property, improving its privacy somehow, and then returning roughly its type of property. If a site is not primarily a mixer but has a mixer function, such as a mixer function on a gambling website, then the whole site is considered a mixer. Mm-hmm. If the site takes coins, give you possibly transferable IOUs, grouping it back and they mix coins much later, then the temporary conversion into a different type of property does not prevent it from being considered a mixer. So anything that just, I mean, yeah, I mean, anything that will make people's funds together and then give it back to you. Yeah, they say that they don't they don't want to be considered, you know, a dark net forum, right? So I guess previously they had removed like references to dark markets, things like that, places where you can go. Now they're removing any references to mixing mixers. The man got him. They're self centering censoring. Yes. Interesting it's to a shame, but how that yeah. is on the original yeah. Bitcoin forum. All right, pull up the next one here. Monero is what Bitcoin was supposed to be, guys. I mean, it's just it's, I mean, it's, when you when you look at the history of Bitcoin, yeah, it's just it's impossible to uh, to not correlate them. Uh, Monero Mateo has a tweet: "War on cash in Denmark. Government introduces bill to lower threshold for legal cash payments from twenty thousand to fifteen thousand, phasing out a thousand krone notes due to police concerns and predominant crime use." Yeah, so uh, so Denmark. Uh, just like a lot of other countries, cash is getting demonized. And I know in a lot of countries now you have to give like, they have to like basically do a whole 20 questions on you. If you want to withdraw any of your own cash from your bank account, you have, they have to KYC you again, even though it's your own bank account, just to withdraw your own money. 
Uh, and a lot of countries, even if it's over, like, even if it's like a small amount, like even like around a thousand, a few thousand dollars, that's still too much. That's like, uh Oh, alarms going off. So yeah, if it's, if it's in a bank account, it's not, <laughs> it's not your keys. It's not your coins. We need to apply that to, uh, to fiat too. So yeah, we, we say it often, you know, they can and will eliminate cash, but they can eliminate Monero. Right. So we're just seeing further examples of the world moving towards the elimination of cash. All all major governments, especially you know Western governments, um, they're moving towards eliminating cash. So there'll only be digital forms of transacting. And as we know here, that's why we need something like Monero, so that we still have the ability to transact with cash. Yeah. Uh, and next we have this tweet from Fluffy Pony. Took me a lot of effort and plenty of experimentation to make this work and ensure that Monero website is accessible in mainland China despite the CDN origin site being blocked. Big thank you to Atari Labs who paid for this for years. They'll acknowledge or thanks. So I guess normally the the DNS for Monero is blocked in China. Yeah, CDN, I'm not... or, CDN origin site is being blocked. So I'm not sure exactly what he did to make this work. Uh, but oh, I think he went into detail here. So I guess he's got part of the Monero website now behind a CDN in China just for people who are accessing in China, which is cool. So now people in China can uh, freely access getmonero.org and get around the great... I mean, not, not, it's not even getting around the great firewall of China. It's that it's no longer being blocked because they're using a Chinese CDN, which a CDN is like... um, It's like Cloudflare. It's like Cloudflare. Mm, okay. So whatever they were doing before, they might not have been even using it. Uh, it was just getting blocked in that, but... Now it's not. So. so people, long story short, people in China can access getmonero.org. Yeah, even without a VPN, without Tor, uh, looks like it's now accessible on the ClearNet just freely, which is really great. That's amazing. So good job to you guys for setting that up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Fluffy, right? Um, thank you, Matt, as always. Sweet. Oh, and we got another another banger from Untraceable over here. Apparently, <laughs> the Nintendo Switch gets 230 hashes per second mining. So he's installed, uh, looks like, a Linux distro, probably Ubuntu, on his Nintendo Switch, uh, because the Nintendo Switch is just a, an ARM NVIDIA chip that's actually used in some Android tablets, and Android is Linux, so there's some low-level driver support there. And I've actually, I think I've run, I've run something on my Switch before, back when I had one in high school. I think I put Android on it or something. I'd play, I'd screw around with it. But it looks like he got Ubuntu working, and now he's running. Xsum rig or just some Monero miner. So <laughs> it gets 230 hashes per second and the Steam Deck gets 700. <laughs> Steam Deck's a lot more powerful, of course. Wait, what is that thing? What's the ste- I don't even know what that is. The Steam Deck? So, yeah. So you know what Steam is? It's like a, a gaming software. It's like the biggest uh, like software vendor for... Mm-hmm. not. I mean, not vendor, like a store for other people to put their software on. For games right. on the PC... And they made this little portable device called the Steam Deck that runs a bunch of PC games. And it's like like a little thing you can carry around. Yeah. And it runs Linux out of the box. Do you have one? No, I don't. Uh, That's pretty cool. I'm not even a gamer. That's fucking cool. I like that. Maybe I'll get my daughter that. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is just install XMR rig or, you know, install Monarchy, whatever. And you can just run it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying for, for, for playing games though too. Like um Oh yeah, no, it's great. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter's into the Switch, but maybe I'll get her into that instead. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Always good to see. Always good to see. Yeah, I wonder if that was on un- I guess that was untraceable that did it. Yeah, it's untraceable. Yep. Yep. 
That's amazing. I, I this remember one, this one takes a lot more work than the Switch one because the Switch does not run uh, this operating system by default. Obviously, All right. you have to have a special version that's uh, that's got an exploit that's exploitable, so you can have a payload. Yeah. It's just so funny, people like the like the one of the main criticisms of Monero, right? Is like it's not scalable, right? People can't run nodes. People can't. Meanwhile, you have people mining from their Nintendo Switch, right? It just shows mining you how. from their car stereo. I don't remember who did that like, one. That was Howard. Howard too. <laughs> that was Howard. That's yeah. amazing. From like an old school car Come stereo. Think of it. I have a I have this custom car stereo that's an embedded version of Linux. So that might be uh maybe something that I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. And I think I think it's just about it. Um, I'll pull up. I'll quickly pull up uh, these CBDC articles. There's always some random CBDC articles every week. All these countries continuing to push for all this stuff. All right. All none, your business, none your business saying now that they'll they'll shut. CDN centralized and easy control. It was an oversight. Now it's better target. Yeah. CD. Yeah. CDNs are most CDNs are pretty centralized. And yeah, that's why I don't like Cloudflare. I don't use Cloudflare. And most people don't realize when you use a CDN, you're effectively putting a man in the middle for all of your traffic. So if it's any service that's authenticated, that CDN has the ability, whether you know whether they are or not, there's no way to really prove they're not. Uh, they have the ability to basically capture all of that traffic because they're, what happens when it goes to a CDN, it comes from your browser, it's encrypted from your browser to the CDN. So it's encrypted from your browser, Cloudflare. Cloudflare then unencrypts the traffic and re-encrypts it back to the server and it both ways around. So... And the and that's how all the DDoS protection and stuff works. Like when you've got that screen that comes up that makes you do a captcha because it's Cloudflare. The only way that works is if they can modify the traffic, and the only way they can modify the web traffic is if they can unencrypt it. So I'm very wary of CDNs, but it's unfortunate some people have to use them due to DDoS issues. Like Blunder.org right. was getting DDoSed like crazy. So, so what we're seeing in China may be quickly quickly shut down in terms of this access to get Monero that they're well potentially it sounds like they got a chinese cdn which is going to be a lot more accepting and easy to use but i guess the uh the addresses on cloudflare were getting we're getting blocked the ip the ips to get monero with cloudflare was being blocked or something i don't quite understand the whole issue but anyway so this article solomon islam's suramitsu team up for yeah, Bocalo Cash CBDC proof of concept. So Solomon Items joined tiny island nations worldwide the forefront of C development. Yay! Another one, another. One. Yeah, but they're they're all yep. doing it. Yep, yeah, they're all doing it. Biz Innovation Hub presents its private CBDC project. The Bank for International Settlements project. Turbillion features two eCash prototypes. The first providing at this point all the CBDC stuff is kind of just noise. It's just like yeah, it's like they're so all of it. yeah, it's just talking about fiat at that point. Yeah. And then Canada, of course. Digital Canadian dollars fails to impress despite high awareness. People who were aware of CBDCs were more reluctant to adapt to technology when compared to those who didn't know about it. Hmm. Yeah, so Canada was trying to central CBDC, and I guess it hasn't gone so well for them because people don't care. Yeah, I'm not really buying into this like it's going to fail because people won't be interested in it. The, the point is governments are going to force... Yeah, no, I do believe that's the case that like, like how especially cash is being pulled out of the economy as much as possible. They're not letting right. you use cash. They're going to force you onto your, you know, right. only be able to use Visa and MasterCard, which people already are doing. But what the, the scenario, the nightmare scenario I see here is where they, they work with Visa and MasterCard to then use CBDC with their already existing platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. They're going to push people like with 
you know, when you go, you go to do your tax, get, get your tax return. Uh, maybe, maybe you get, you get, you get paid out, paid back more if you're willing to accept it in the form of a CBDC, right? Or you want your tax refund? Well, too right. bad. You got to take our coin, our shit coin, or else you can't yeah. get it. <laughs> the, the, that next stimulus check will be in the form of a CBDC, or with, uh, get- yeah, with whatever uh, whatever made up virus comes next. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. All right, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> no, no, we could have done that with viewers on stage. It probably would have only been an extra hour or so. <laughs> um but let's yeah let's let's run the viewers on stage bring everybody up and then at that point we could check in on our on our demo yeah i'll go ahead and run that segment um and i should also run the guest segment at some point i guess our guest is the xmr yeah yeah let's do it the Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by cake wallet store Send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. All right, guys. If you want to come up, here's the StreamYard link, and I'll be inviting everyone in a second. I'm going to check on our transaction here. Oh, look at that. It has gotten all its confirmation. So what that means is I can retry. Let's hope this works. Oh, there we go. Syncing Wallet generating the TX. Saving wallet and this one sinking wallet. Now this one's signing the TX and that should be it. That should be it. I should have it show up. Oh, look at that. There's the three transactions just as expected. There's the fee for the mediator. There's what was over deposited that I got back as a refund. And then there's the actual payment. So there you go. Sweet. That was it. It worked. It worked as expected. And this was in the scenario where you as the buyer... Um, uh, you, you didn't request I paid the seller. Nope. I paid the seller. I'm just getting in this wallet because I used addresses from the same wallet since I didn't have another one set up. Right. So this transaction was signed by the buyer and the seller. The mediator didn't Correct. Yep. partake this at all. And you, right? I, I watched it happen live. It said generating TX and signing. And then this one was signing over here. Right. Yeah. And- that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Right. Right. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Just to make it clear to everybody. So in the scenario where instead he would have hit refund, um then the it would the mediator would have had to take action and decide and sign the transaction along with yes. the, the buyer or the seller to decide which direction yep. that money yep cool man it works thanks to anarchio for working very hard on this uh yeah well, yeah thank you thank you again anarchio let's see who we could get anybody want to jump up on stage all right we got last game on we got michael who i spoke to last night we did a monero talk michael what's going on man yo good morning i'm making more coffee <laughs> yeah, this is probably early for you guys. Alaska Anon, how's it going? Very early. It's always very early, but I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a great day, Doug. I hope you're having a great day. I am. I'm having a fantastic day. We we saw the escrow tool working. What do you, what do you think about it? What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, for one, I suppose I could have speculated you are having a great day because you seem to have poured your heart and soul into this escrow project i know that it clearly means a lot to you and it means a lot to me too because you know people have been clamoring from the hills forever oh we need escrow oh we need escrow but then in traditional fashion there's a whole bunch of people complaining and then doug goes and gets it done with the help of a couple of heavy lifters right so it's and i'm actually old enough in this space to remember when people would make the argument that Monero wasn't going to succeed because how would you have a multi-sig? How are you going to 
how are you going to secure transactions with third parties? I'm sure a lot of you guys remember everybody talking about how without these big convoluted blockchains that have way too much data stored in them, you know, you're going to have to have smart contracts. You're going to have to have all of these things. But some of us who are old enough to remember the Unix philosophy that I bring up almost every week, doing one thing and doing it extremely well will always be preferable in the world of software. And we have once again demonstrated that that philosophy is by far the best philosophy because now you have yet another step of replacing the broken dinosaur legacy banking system with something that actually works. Um, and I, I applaud the fact that you guys have an entrenched interest in making it open source software. I'd said earlier, I would be more than happy to help foot a little bit of this cost here that you have incurred to yourself um, for the purposes of making it open source software. But I actually do agree with you that it's probably best to release a working model than release it out to the community in good faith that they'll strengthen the software and try to use it in one location first because you don't want to distribute the market like way out into the wild where people have to post the same thing for sale in 97 different locations. I think that the population of the Monero community is smart enough to know that um, if you introduce too much competition too quickly, it's going to rob the value of having such an exchange and it's going to discourage the circular economy. However, having options in the long run is certainly great. We definitely need to focus on having a large pool of transactions. And a lot of people who might not be as interested in the market side of things that you've done here, keep in mind how many extra transactions that's going to add to the transaction pool. Um, when there's a place that people can go to do their buying and selling and how many people complain about the onboarding stuff, right? How do I get Monero? How do I get Monero? Well, make something, put it on the marketplace and collect your Monero. It's that simple. You know, right. everybody always wants to figure out how to turn their phony fiat garbage into something that actually retains its value like Monero, our friendly little stable coin. Um, well, do something productive and get yourself some Monero on XMR Bazaar will be an option. And, exactly. it, you know, that that has been the dream from the beginning, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. With, with no KYC, right? People can can buy, can can earn or spend Monero. But, yeah, you bring up a very good point that the earning is a very, very powerful aspect of this. So anybody, any anywhere in the world can... Without permission, go on XMR Bazaar, create a profile, you know, an essentially anonymously, uh, and they can sell their goods or services. Services is, you know, is, is certainly something that can be in entirely remote, right? You can be, I don't know, you could be in, 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 in Iran, right? You could be in Afghanistan, you could be wherever, and maybe you're offering uh, graphic design services, um, and now you can earn Monero directly without KYC via XMR Bazaar. Obviously, all these things are already possible, uh, but we're trying to bring it as uh, Alaska and I'm saying all to one place to try to build that network effect of people that want to participate in a Monero economy. 
For those of you who may be new to the space, I just want to be super clear here. We have watched what it's basically a decade now of people who were haters being proven wrong time and time again that Monero not only can, but has done everything that it's set out to do. And with uh, this small handful of people, Tux, Doug, Anarchio, I mean, there's a few others, is a tiny handful of diligent people have solved problems that our existing banking system can't solve today. Okay, and you just watched a live demo of all of the reasons why people have continued to hate on Monero, the idea, oh, I can't on board and stuff. And this is why, for any of you who are on the fence, need to get up and do something. Okay. Wait, if you know, if you work all day and night, you know, throw some cash towards the development funds. All right. If you if you have a trade or something, you know, build up that inventory for the launch day of XMR Bazaar. So there is an online store where you can pile up your Monero and build up your circular economy because here it is. It's working. It's flourishing. And Doug, maybe you could share a little bit of insight on what communities in, I mean, Formosa is pretty close to a third world state not that long ago. How has it worked out for them to have a circular economy with Monero? Go ahead, tell us. Well, I mean, I think it's very, it's very early for them, right? So Formosa is, is Formosa is a large uh, province in in Argentina, uh, but Monero is really blossomed in Iberete, which is a small town, which is a very small part of Formosa, remotely located. Um, it's I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's you know self sustaining at this point. Uh, what we're seeing is the very early stages of a of an or the organic growth of a Monero circular economy taking place there, which is why I, I wanted to run over there, and which is why we're doing Copa Monero there, because you know the the kindling is there, the spark started, the flame is there, but to keep it alive, it's it's going to need oxygen, it's gonna it's gonna need more more timber. Um, so it's, I think it's our job as a community where we see these little things start to blossom to go then help bring it to the next stage. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, you know, conclude that we've created a Monero circular economy in Iberetta by, by any measure, but we've seen the inklings of what could grow into, into one. And then I think so now it's our job as a community to, to focus on it give them resources. You know, when we see kunos that pop up now from that area, once again, don't trust every kuno. But if you see it coming out of Iberetta, it looks decent. People like me are commenting on it, taking a good look. Uh, You may want to to donate some Monero to it, right? Because you're going to help build out that Monero circular economy there. You're going to see people post, I think I would anticipate posting all types of kunos and stuff to try to to try to bring um, like kickstart different Monero based things there in Iberetta. I think it has a long way to go, um, but it's it's promising. The most promising aspect about it is that it just happened on its own organically. Kuno is like a fundraising platform, like you know, uh, crowdfunding for Monero stuff. It sounds like yeah. Is it k k u n o dot org or dot net or yes yes. Uh, actually, well, what's the actual domain name? It's it's we gotta we gotta work on the domain name, right? Tux, what is it? It's Kuno dot and media or something, right? 
Yeah, so since Redain is running it now, the actual site is like kuno.annie.media. Do we have Redain? Is he in the chat? Um, I don't know Maybe somebody can post the link on Twitter or something. No, I can copy the link or and post the it in the chat if you cool. want me to. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, it was built, yeah. built by Anarchio. It's, uh, you just think of it as a Kickstarter. It's a, it's a Kickstarter, but with no fees. It's direct with an arrow. All the donations go direct to whoever created the Kuno. You know, there's there's a lot of people who, uh, myself included, like to champion the idea of one XMR is still one XMR. And another thing is, is for the last little bit of history, I mean, it's it's at the point now where Body talks about XMR for like two minutes because it, it, on Monero talk of all places, because it's like, yep, still super stable. Like it is the stable coin of the future. But I'd like to remind people who have an interest in gains Right, transaction volume and market saturation is key to the price of Monero pumping. So holding your bags and doing only bag holding also holds your gains back, right? Versus continuing the livelihood of that circular economy that is the value proposition for Monero. And when we see things like, you know, this multi-sig wallet being demonstrated, you know, that's positioning this currency as a, 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 a to have a much more lively future as far as its market saturation and transaction volume and so on so you know doug is forking out money here for your gains so perhaps just saying maybe throw some out there and get it circulating <laughs> so that's that's my two cents on the whole transaction volume thing appreciate that man uh, Tuck, should we should we run the special guest segment just so we we have cake out there? Because I, I don't. Think no, we, we ran the guest one, which is the cake one. Oh, you we ran did. the guest. I, I thought did, you yeah. ran. The, uh, no, I ran the guest one. You were on stage. Okay. When did you run the guest one? I didn't even realize that. Jeez. Uh, it was before we finished the transaction for the multisig. Oh, you ran it before that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so, then- Anarchio answered some questions that I think you had, Doug, about what's actually on the server. So. Okay. It does have some. It has to have some information of the the multisig um, itself. Like it contains the multisig data strings, like prepare multisig, make multisig, exchange multisig keys, sync the wallet, which is export multisig info, and sign the TX, the raw TX. But none of none of the server contains the private spending. That that's what's grabbed only itself. So even if and he, he just said to me, even if, let's say, like, that information was, like, somehow stolen information. It doesn't have the private keys. It's encrypted anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But the point being, the server does not have the ability to spend these funds in any way. The private key is not being stored on the server, just some of the multi-sig information, which and is required for it to be able it, to sync across. That makes it incredibly difficult for prying eyes to figure out who is trading what to whom. Um, now, a particularly diligent investigator could look at the stuff actually being sold and possibly glean some information. But you are talking about, you know, a very, very high order of magnitude of research being required just to glean some insights into one transaction and we also have to keep in mind that this is security for a much higher threat model than what xmr bazaar is even proposing to do because the idea is this is the equivalent of a clear net marketplace so i mean these guys have really gone above and beyond to protect information for you know like selling either knitting projects or well i was going to do mres and so on 
Yeah, good, good, good points, Alaska. Now, like, right, we're we're not building, proposing to build a, a dark marketplace here. This isn't the, the new Silk Road by any means. They, I'm not looking to go serve a double sentence, uh, double life sentence here, guys. This is, <laughs> we just, we just want to buy eggs, people. We just want to buy a clear net marketplace, peer to peer, allowing people to buy and sell le- legal items and services based on the jurisdiction that they're from but using digital cash for those purposes, right? We, we believe in building out a circular economy with Monero. Um, people could go on there, sell whatever goods and services they may have, buy whatever goods and services they have directly peer-to-peer. Why is that an improvement over you know, current marketplaces? Is because you could use Monero to do it. The whole world doesn't know what transactions you're participating in. No third party is gleaning that information. Nobody knows how you're spending your money, how you're spending your digital cash. But it will be curated in that we're going to have to make sure you know the, the, the laws of the local jurisdictions that are involved in this are, are followed. That's the uh, that's the. You know- that's that's another layer that our particular community probably doesn't appreciate enough. But um, a lot of people look at something like Monero as a bunch of shadowy figures snorting cocaine and, you know, getting hookers and all of that stuff. And they might actually be interested in the the financial security that XMR actually offers. And they're probably looking for a place that they can spend their money that is curated so they can you know, some of the work of preventing themselves from, you know, engaging in illegal activity has been done for them. And that's kind of the beauty of a curated website is creating yet another layer of places where a person can transact to get what it is that they're looking for. So, yes. Remsey, what's going on, man? Yeah, there are a lot of advantages to uh, certain open, optionally open transactions. Uh, so, for instance, like, uh, I guess the web three sort of space where it's like, Oh, you can invest in things and it's, you can have like wall street bets, but you can actually publicly track people's transactions and like basically verify, Oh, is this, is this guy a rug puller or is he like a reliable investor? I can just look at his on chain activity and tell. So yeah, I think that sometimes the Monero community can get a little bit maximalist uh, in regards to privacy. Um, but yeah, I think these communities can work together. So it's not necessarily a zero-sum game as far as that goes. All right. Less, yeah, Bitcoin Cash if you want the pseudonymous and low transaction fees, you know, or Do- Dogecoin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The original the original Doge. Yeah. It, Actually, is there, it Doge? Doge was before Bitcoin Cash, right? Yeah. Was it really? It, there's a training aspect to this too, which is training people who may be outsiders to our community, who have not, you know, read all of the the great libertarian authors and so on, and have not engaged in these high-level philosophical conversations that won't be relevant for another 200 years. <laughs> like a lot of these people, just knowing that there's something that has value and training them on, you know, just the general maintenance of having a wallet and so on, so they can engage with these markets is a huge hurdle for a lot of these people to cross. Um, some of the people like on this show right now, I mean, Doug would be like the, the reigning king of onboarding people to Monero. We all know that infamous question, okay, how do I use it? Where do I go? Right. And 
to be able to float the idea of here's a curated website that has an escrow where you can safely procure your legally purchased items and you can keep yourself off the radar and you can stay in a currency that holds its value. You can diversify your portfolio of liquid assets. Now you wouldn't want to say it like that, but you know, you can, you can have more than just cash for a way that you're saving your money. Um, these are things that a lot of these people have quite literally never considered until you're having this conversation. And you can't say enough about the fact that the, the lion's share of people who are buying and selling on a daily basis would be very, very interested in this concept of having a place that they can go to legally purchase their stuff with cash in a digital platform. Yeah. And I, th I think Doug said that there's going to be a rating system for the escrow, the third party, third trans, uh, third uh, signature person. Is there going to be a rating system for the buyers and sellers as well, like a reputation system built in? So even though it's anonymous, yes. you know, with Monero. Yep. Yeah, still. still yeah, so there's going to be both. It's be a big part of it. Nice. So we we decided on I think I think we decided on this Doug if I remember correctly that we're going to have a like counter like a tr successful trade counter for every participant and if there's a transaction that went through successfully each person will get like a plus one trade. So I don't know if you've ever used Hardware Swap, which is uh, a subreddit for buying and selling computer parts. And once you have a successful trade with somebody. It gets confirmed, you get one trade point. And the more trade points somebody has, basically, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy has been doing this for years. He's not going to. It builds reputation. And then we're also going to allow people to leave ratings on sellers to like actual written reviews, which will reflect a different star rating that'll be more specific than just how many trades they have. It'll be like, how good has the seller been with throughout all their transactions? You can leave a rating for the seller. And possibly on the buyer also, uh, since the buyer is, you know, required to also be a part of that multi-sig escrow. They got to go through all that stuff too. Right. So, yeah, and you, that answers and you, your question. You can rate rate the the listings themselves. And, then and the we'll... mediator too. Like the mediators, right. like eventually we're hoping to decentralize the mediator aspect a bit, allowing other people to be a mediator and, of course, you know, get paid for their services. And you'll be able to rate them as well. For those of you listening, I swear I'm not a salesman for this project. And I have no stake in the success or failure other than my desire to see Monero continue to grow. But I just want to point out that uh, this project will require a lot of testing in order to maximize the efficacy of the launch of the project and so on. And if you have the ability to be a tester, you should really be reaching out to these people. And that especially includes people of a lower technical proficiency. A lot of us nerds who have, for example, been in the Linux space for a really long time, we just got used to fixing problems on the fly. And even though Linux has become incredibly user-friendly at this point, um, some of us OGs are not as intuitively aware of technical issues that would need to be solved for the end user who is not as technically savvy so testers people like sign yeah, up today you know <laughs> yeah let me uh, let me send a link to that group that i just created for xmr bazaar yeah um, thank you so much Alaska, for pointing that out again i mean that's that's vital anybody that wants to be a tester to help out with testing the escrow or anybody that 
thinks they want to create an account once we launch, right? We're looking for early adopters. So you could join that chat now, kind of be part of the part of the launch. And really what's gonna make this thing a success is getting to the, you know, the tipping point where we have a large enough enough network effect where this thing is useful for everybody that's on it. So there's nothing more important than getting early adopters that want to start using it. A big part of what XMR Bazaar is going to be is, is this kind of this social element that we're adding to it, right? So bringing buyers and sellers together, but maybe even at the, at the point in time where not, they're not sure or they're not ready to actually buy or sell anything. We want people involved that are just thinking, oh, I might want to buy something at some point with Monero, or I might want to sell something at some point with Monero. And they'll come on, anonymously create a profile, list the things that, they, that they're wishing for, right? So uh, a lot of this is, is, is being built because this is a product that I would love, right? So I'd love to be able to create my, anonymously create my profile and put up you know, everything, everything that I'm looking to, to buy for with Monero, right? I'm looking to live off Monero. So I'll be posting all, all sorts of things, you know, come, I'd say like, come build me a coffee table. Well, uh, although I already had somebody do that, but that's what I want to be. Things like that. You know, um, I'm looking for, you know, perhaps a mechanic. I'm looking for a plumber. I'm looking for somebody to do consulting services for me. Um, and then, so bringing people on when they're not even really necessarily at the point of being looking to make a purchase in that moment or looking to sell something in the moment, but bringing them on now with the viewpoint of here are the services that I'm looking to potentially offer and, and goods, and here are the services and goods that I'm looking to potentially buy. So bring, connecting people and then through that connection, creating the impetus for them to actually go and fulfill those, those goods and services. The speed at which this project can grow is highly regulated by, number one, the list feature that Doug is discussing right now, which is if people who are looking to acquire Monero can glean lists of services or products or whatever that they can know in advance there are people who are willing to pay for it, that's huge. It's like taking the market research out of becoming an entrepreneur and it makes it very accessible for people who want to acquire Monero to be able to do so. This also kills the exchanges in the Monero community. How many people in the Monero community quite literally only use exchanges for acquiring Monero? You are breaking the back of a highly restrictive KYC everything issue that is built into the Monero community right now because fiat-reliant individuals don't know of any other way to acquire it. And yet now you would have a website where there are lists of people who already have Monero saying, I have Monero, I will buy your goods or service. But on the flip side of that, those of you who are productive entrepreneurial individuals can start thinking about building inventories or building a business model now. And then when the site's beginning, it's, you know, alpha or beta launch or whatever. Once again, I'm not part of the project. I have no idea what this actually is going to look like in the end. But you can start thinking now about what it is that you're going to offer. And you can start thinking in terms of how am I going to bring what it is that I'm interested in doing to this website? Because if this thing hits the ground running, and has this massive list of goods and services that it's already willing to offer, 
and then people looking to acquire Monero can look through the list of what is not currently being offered that people are already saying that they're going to pay for. I mean, this could quickly become the Amazon of Monero. And in a lot of ways, it would be way more intriguing to somebody who has that entrepreneurial spirit because nobody is going to lock you out. You know, Amazon's not going to say, oh, well, you didn't give me the best price. You can't be here anymore and so on. It's the weird... It's weird how the internet like circles around because it's like dude, we we just want Craigslist like that was the original <laughs> site like it was so convenient and it's like we want that exactly. you know we're we're trying to take it back to the good old days when things were actually peer to peer on the internet. I'm just gonna confirm that uh, it will work fine over Tor. The issue I was having was unrelated with it being Tor browser, but it does require JavaScript because it's using Monero JavaScript to do the Monero command. So that's the only thing. Wait, wait what are you saying, Tux? The... For the multi-sig escrow tool. Mm-hmm. You can use it over Tor, but mm-hmm. it will require JavaScript. So you can't have JavaScript. Right. And, what, of... and what's the real concern with disabling or not disabling JavaScript? I mean, it's mostly an issue for sites you think might be hostile because JavaScript mm-hmm. is the way to fingerprint people online. So a lot of mm-hmm. people who use Tor browser will also disable a certain amount of JavaScript or all of it altogether. But... It's not, I'm sure it's not as big of an issue for like this platform because it's going to be open source and, you know, we're not hostile people who are going to be fingerprinting people with JavaScript. <laughs> so, right. I mean, yeah, that's just one know, thing to keep in mind. D- don't trust verify, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, that, that there's really no other way, right? To get the, the S. I mean, it had, as, as that's it what it was used yeah. for. There were potentially some other options that would have required more work but it's using the Monero JavaScript library. Look, everything, everything that people don't like about JavaScript is really not relevant to the threat model of this website. The only thing might be maybe some new release of JavaScript has a bug in it or whatever, but I mean, even that's pretty unlikely to affect the transactions on this website. When people are worried about browser fingerprinting, with JavaScript, they're worried about like some darknet marketplace having built-in backdoors to like gleaning information off of you and so on. Well, on I still think it's a valid concern. Monero addresses. They, they'll like uh, someone will like list their Monero address, and it'll, like it'll be like their QR code, and then on they'll swap swap it out, and you'll just be like somehow they got me, and yeah. Well, it's a valid concern because like we are a you know a, a shopping platform, you know. People don't want to be fingerprinted while they're trying to buy and sell stuff. Unfortunately, this is just the way it was set up. Um, like we had, we had looked at this a while ago. It's possible it could be redone later on to be JavaScript less. Yeah, so, yeah, don't forget, this is you know. But the there way... are actually some like advantages of using JavaScript for this. Um, like for instance, the chat. But ninety-nine percent of websites use JavaScript, like regular websites. Yeah, and yeah, I the do... like like none of your business is saying the attack vector for JavaScript is there. But once again, it'll probably just be required for the escrow part. But the rest of the site, I don't think will require it. There'll probably be some JavaScript features if JavaScript is on, but we're going to make sure that doesn't require it. Then your business, then your business does not like this, huh? Damn, cannot enable JS is a non-starter. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not super happy about that too because we were originally planning on making it. Yeah. JavaScript free all the way, but and keep in mind as this becomes more open source, brilliant solutions are it's inevitable. 
that brilliant solutions are kind of going to come about to solve these kinds of issues. Like this is a work work in progress. Your business, it's not about any like the text, but it's it's about the the fact that Monero JavaScript had great support for working with multisig is what I remember correctly. Yeah. So anarchia more uh, uh, as to why. Yeah, I'll I'll ask him and see if he can he can give a more definitive answer. But from what I remember, it has to do with the multisig working the best with Monero JavaScript. So yeah. But it will be evolving, you know, we'll be as to the best of our ability continuing to evolve and iterate and grow XMR Bazaar. Always with the mindset of making it as uh, you know easy easy to use without giving up any uh, information you don't need to give up for purposes of participating in it is is always going to be the goal that we design towards. Yeah, what do you guys think of all the? There was a ton of Bitcoin fud this week, right? I haven't really been paying attention to it, but I was saw, saw like the, obviously like a lot of things about the Lightning Network, the high um, transaction fees. The high transaction fees, that new mining pool. What what was the what was all the drama with that? Like they were already like censoring transactions or something. <laughs> oh, the what, the thread that Seth for Price posted. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so it was basically they're censoring people who are doing ordinals, is what I remember correctly. And there's like a big hubbub about them, like in the future, de-incentivizing it by like having different fees. I didn't really look into it too much, but all of this stuff goes all the way back to the the block size wars and you know chain crawling right oh buddy has something um, to say about this one yeah, buddy, yeah, so, uh, i'll leave it go ahead hey yeah so um it was kind of like this whole thing where um everyone was excited there's a new mining pool um you know there's there's been a lot of conversation in bitcoin about they're they're finally starting to acknowledge that the pool situation is not great having only two pools 60 percent or only two pools comprise more than 50 percent of the hash power um, with a transparent chain and with over 60% of the miners now KYC'd, um, they're saying, they're finally saying, hey, that we might have a bit of a problem here, um, which is, you know, it's progress, I guess, better late than never. Um, so Jack Dorsey and uh, Luke Gass Jr. decided, and I'm sure there's other people involved, but they're like the headliner names. They uh, they, they launched Ocean Mining and they're like, yeah, we're going to solve these problems and this and that, and we're, we're doing all this good stuff. And then Seth puts a um, you know, does his his research and starts asking questions, makes a post about it on uh, on X, says, hey, um, guys, uh, you know, there's there seems to be some problems here. First of all, like it doesn't look like you're using Stratum V2. I need to pull up the, his, his tweet to actually see everything that he said, but basically outlining like, OK, there's you know, the, this isn't it's still custodial. And then people started noticing that um, they were, quote unquote, filtering transactions. So Seth asked him, you know, Seth is incredibly polite. Like he's, he's like got to be one of the most polite guys, um, you know, in the space that that does these like digs deep in, in a technical sense. So he asked him a bunch of questions on Twitter and then Luke Desch Jr. and um, uh, grass-fed Bitcoin blocked him. It's like, OK, guys, like that's so. so and then they start censoring transactions, which they weren't even that good at. So it really looks um, it really looks like ocean mining is an attempt not to solve like the KYC problems and all this other stuff. It looks like an attempt to filter out um, uh, ordinals, right, to, to, to censor transactions. And a lot of people took the wrong message from this. So like a lot of Monero people, you know, because Seth is, is definitely still a Monero person. A lot of people came back and were like, yeah, but Monero also censored ordinals or mordinals. And like, you just, I mean, I'm rubbing my eyes, rolling my eyes at this because the, 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 the commonalities are, are superficial at best. 
Um, but the differences are profound. Like they were like, oh, well, we can censor. It's okay for pools to censor uh, Bitcoin ordinals because, you know, Monero, you guys don't have a leg to stand on. You're just being hypocrites. It's like, no, 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 no. First of all, you can still post more ordinals to the, to the chain. We didn't censor them. Second of all, this is something that we had known about for a long time and that had been planned for a long time to be addressed. And Mordinals just sped up um, us addressing that problem. Um, you can still put them on the chain, but we addressed it at a protocol level. Now, technically, it's only at the relays. Um, you know, it's still the, the immediate solution was that relays would not um, relay transaction extra or transactions with transaction extra greater than one kilobyte. So it's not protocol enforced yet, but it will be protocol enforced. We're either going to go to, you know, 256 bytes or remove it entirely. Um, so it's like Monero directly addressed the problem, had, you know, sought to gain consensus, had seen the problem from a long way out already, <laughs> and then implemented a solution that is geared at fixing it at the protocol level. Whereas Bitcoin, this pool is yet just highlighting again, it, it's saying, hey, we can, we can censor Bitcoin. Like, what does that tell politicians for a chain that claims to be immune to politics when you have all of these different miners that are censoring OFAC transactions or censoring ordinals? All it does is communicate that, hey, we can censor transactions and maybe we should. And that's going to like all that. It, it only hurts the ecosystem there. And the comparisons to Monero, just they, they just don't add up. It just doesn't make sense. If you want to make a comparison, the best thing you could do is compare it to op return when Bitcoin reduced the size of op return to prevent non-monetary usage. Um, so like that would be a comparison, but this, like what Monero did with Mordinals and what's happening here, Cash, with Ocean Pool somebody's willing to pay a transaction fee. There's no such thing as a spam transaction. Yeah, that's, that's such a bad argument. Um, the, the problem is that it completely ignores that networks and systems have design parameters that incentivize particular behaviors. So if you have a system that accidentally, because this is what happened with SegWit, you accidentally incentivized meme storage with 3x more capacity in witness than in the actual base data and at one quarter the price. Like those are the, the, the design incentives that they accidentally enabled with SegWit and Taproot. And now it's being used for those incentives. And then you get the response from Maxis. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's not spam. It's just being used how the chain can be used. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, thank you. That, that's an extremely obvious statement. But do you just want to pretend that nobody actually does design on these things? The irony is that Ethereum values storage above all other like types of compute resources and they price it accordingly. Whereas Bitcoin, like, again, 3x more opportunity to drop a meme onto Bitcoin at one quarter the price in the witness data. Like those are the incentives and they're not talking about a fixing of those incentives. And I just, it, it just blows my mind. Like how, how can the entire community, especially the smart guys in their community, just, just miss the mark that far and not come out and say, okay, yeah, we did make a misstep here. That was a mistake. We didn't foresee that. We need to make some adjustments. Like where are the guys that, like, where is that conversation? I don't see it. Maybe I'm just not part of the smart guys groups, but I just don't see the conversation happening there. Can someone please also point out the fact that the problem of having a large centralized pool issue and the problem of having ridiculous transaction fees and censorship, they solved it by having a bunch of big tech censorship guys make another centralized pool and not fix the transaction cost problem. It's like, they, it, I mean, how much more delusional can you get? Like, oh, see, they're working on it. It's like, oh, thank God we had another big tech centralized pool censoring even more to fix the big tech centralized pool censoring problem. I'm going to yeah, comment Jack. one more time on the, the Kuno thing. Uh, or Sorry, not Kuno. 
the multi-sig escrow for XMR Bazaar. So Anarchio said, and this is what I had thought, JavaScript is literally the only way for client-side encryption and client-side wallets. The only alternative is a desktop wallet like FeatherWallet or Monero, client, or Monero CLI with MMS. So if we were to not use JavaScript and force someone to use an external wallet, you're throwing any of that ease of use out the window, basically. And Redangra brought up a good point that PHP can be used to fingerprint as well. I mean, I know JavaScript is primarily used to fingerprint and the JavaScript that is being run is being run on the client though. It's being run serverlessly. So there's nothing to worry about with the JavaScript. Continue your wonderful discussion. The thing that frustrates me about Bitcoin is that it's actually a real crypto project. There's a lot of scams out there and it's like, oh, well, that's a scam. FTX, that's a scam. Finance, that's money laundering. But, but Bitcoin is actually like legitimately a project that is actually started off with good intentions and has just gone wayward. Yeah, I think I got hijacked by, you know, people that want to have a megabyte block forever. And that's that's what it is. Yeah. You know, that's if anybody has ever followed uh, Michael's tweets there, um, it, it's hilarious how the solution to the problem also didn't address what the whole point of Bitcoin was in the beginning. Uh, they, these high transaction fees have completely screwed anybody in the third world from using like a, a decentralized cryptocurrency. Aside from the fact that you know mining pools, censored transactions, all of that stuff, like the the fact that they refuse to address the cost of use, or either that, or you have to get on the Lightning Network. Is it's just it's so far beyond a blind spot. Like these people have completely lost their way if they are not willing to address the fact that they have priced out a huge chunk of the world from even engaging in this project. Hey, but at least they can still run a node even if they don't actually use the node or decentralized mine. Right? Oh no, it's still technically possible. You could get like one hash per hour, bro. Don't worry about it. I always, I always thought it was weird that they were like, poor people in Africa need to be able to run a node, but they can't afford the on-chain transaction fee. Like, how does that, wouldn't it be better to provide network access at a minimum, even if you have to connect through someone else's node? Okay, at least you can still access the network. But yeah. if you can't even access the network, then there's no point to run a node. And that seems like such basic, simple, fundamental logic. Um, but I, I guess that's not what we're dealing with here, <laughs> hardly anymore. Although I, w I do want to give a shout out to some of the some of the Bitcoiners who are willing to engage these conversations and who are honest and respond to the arguments, because there are some of them out there. That is that's a good point, Body. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no way for somebody in in the third world to acquire, acquire Bitcoin just through the network itself, um, compared to something like Monero, where even if even if you're just you know you could CPU mine and you could you could get something right. They use um, Tether mostly. That's the most popular thing right now in the third world is Tether. Yeah. I was just saying, but Body, body brings up a, re a really good point, right? It's like, all right, so you, you, could, you can run a node wherever you are, but there's really no way to access and, and use the network. It's not completely permissionless on the lowest level for people that have nothing that are, that are underbanked or not banked or whatever. They don't have the ability to opt in to this, this network in the first place. And uh, Monero has solved that in, in multiple ways, I feel like, in comparison. It's a shame because, you know, I mean, I do, I still believe in generally a lot of these maximalist arguments like shelling point. Bitcoin is still a shelling point. And even for all its problems, if, if a little bit of privacy could get added on chain and 
some kind of capacity expansion could take place. And, and of course, repricing the malincentives of meme storage and witness um, like Bitcoin could actually still be a really good thing for the world. Like I haven't totally given up on it. I've mostly given up on it because every time I like try to engage these conversations, people just be like, no, go, go use another chain, you know, and it's like they, they just don't care, um, even though many of their own dev level people talk about block size, expanding the block size at some point. I think it's the minority that support expanding the Bitcoin core block size. I mean, that's why I think people move to Bitcoin Cash, which, you know, is it is the real Bitcoin, arguably, as far as peer to peer electronic cash is in is in the white paper title peer-to-peer electronic cash four dollars transaction fees that ain't cash dude i was trying to use lightning um last week which is honestly kind of the worst time to try to use lightning and it was a really bad experience mostly because every time you open a channel you have to do an on-chain transaction and i was burning through on-chain fees to get channels open it was insane and so like once you're in lightning it's like oh yeah then it but every time you have to open a channel, which could be for me, you have to spend an on-chain transaction or for a fee. You have to pay an on-chain fee to open a channel, which is really expensive. And they just add up. And eventually the idea is that you have a bunch of channels open and you won't have to open anymore. Because when you actually do actual lightning transactions, it's really, really, really cheap. But the experience is pretty it's pretty awful right now. Tux, will you switch me to my computer real quick? I'm going to get out of this. Oh, sure, yep. But in 18 months, Lightning is going to be working perfectly, though. We, they assure us. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, if you're using wallet ups, to, see, the, the thing that blows my mind is, like, I've heard all this raving and, yeah, going go on about Lightning for a long time now. And the only decent way to use it is custodial solutions. There are some non-custodial solutions that are okay. Like, I tried Phoenix Wallet. Mun didn't even work for me. Phoenix Wallet worked. That was recommended by Debrick. But the usability and like, it takes a lot to set up. It's very complicated for an average person. No, to be fair, Phoenix Wallet makes it pretty easy and a lot of open channels for you if it needs. But the the biggest issue is the fees. I mean, like you just, you don't always know if you're going to need a channel opened or not. And the fee for Bitcoin is so high. It, it just doesn't work. The cool part is how instant the transactions are. And there are some other features that Lightning has, but with the base layered not, doing what it's supposed to it makes the l2 suck also and keep in mind a lot of people are claiming that lightning wallet is the solution to this high transaction fee problem and yet they're yeah, making sure the transaction fee problem even worse custodial wallet like wallet of satoshi i'm i'm really curious to see what an l2 on monero would look like i feel like an l2 on monero would be decent because monero actually has much better handling on the base layer because of its the name of block sizes and a lot of things that help prevent spam. So that would be really cool to see. But Lightning is not going to... I don't think Lightning's going to go very far in the future. It, the experience is so bad. It's like you just... There's no benefit over using something like Monero. And it, like on top of that, you don't get any privacy. You don't really get... I mean, you there's some privacy benefits there, but you have to still work around certain things because there's still ways to figure out like as a receiver you don't have as much privacy as a sender so there's a lot of issues with privacy still what i'd point out too it's it's trusted privacy instead of trustless privacy right so you could theoretically get privacy if you can trust the person just like you could get privacy on facebook if you trust zuckerberg right it's and then the other thing about it is when you don't make user friendliness on the base layer, this idea that Lightning Network is going to make user friendliness sometime in, you know, 2072 
right? That grandma's going to be able to jump on and use her lightning based wallet to, you know, like pay for her coffee or whatever. It's just absolutely mind blowing. And the amount Yo, of should be in none of your business. Come on the show. They're like, yeah, <laughs> they're saying that, that we're agents of the WEF. Uh, come on the show and voice your opinion. Come I can't, I can't if he likes us or doesn't like Apparently, we've never addressed the concerns of 5G, but I have concerns about cellular in general. I don't even use the cellular network. Yeah. I wonder if this guy realizes like how we actually are using Monero, <laughs> right? Because it's like none of us trust the, the, the wide open cell network system for like holding on to real value. We use it to like give somebody $50 for our dinner, right? Like we, we use it at like a coffee shop to onboard somebody, but none of us are like using the worldwide 5G system. But the thing is, is like, I have serious doubts that this person is legit, right? Or maybe like he's drank the Kool-Aid, bro. Like, it's, and this is coming from like probably the most paranoid human being any of you will ever met have met, right? Like it's, I mean, some of you actually know me pretty well. Like I am fucking paranoid right but nah dude like the solution to these problems is not to sound the alarm like you're some kind of watchman on the wall dude like okay do something different do something better and then share with us how you solved the problem that's what we'd like to hear please i mean my own little paranoia i i pretty much go around with my uh with my cellular service turned off like in my house i i always keep my phone in airplane mode um, I'll usually keep the Wi-Fi on. Um, my basically, my walls are surrounded with electromagnetic reflective paint. Um, I've got a cell phone tower somewhat close to my apartment, so um, yeah, I just painted the walls. Is your dad um, by any chance named John McAfee? <laughs> no, like I didn't put up the foil. Exactly something he would do. Yeah, quit blowing <laughs> his cover, man. He is John McAfee. Dude, if I was John McAfee's son, I would I would definitely be as outlandish as my father. <laughs> that dude was awesome. He lived life. Yeah, that's the exact same thing I do. That's cool. I'm glad to see someone else do that. I don't have any actual like cellular numbers. All my numbers are so I use them just over the internet. So my phone's usually connected to Wi-Fi, but my phone's almost always in airplane mode. I'm never connected to cell towers. I do have an eSIM, which I paid for with Monero, in case I need data and I'm out of the house, but I usually don't, right? Mm -hmm. So... And I mean, you're talking about people who send their packages through the mail in EMF shielded bags here, bro. Like you have no idea who you're actually talking about right now. I mean, my name is Alaskanon. I live in the fucking woods in like the most remote location in the world. Like if you want to have a conversation about cell towers, how about you move out from under one and come tell me how much better you feel when you're done? Because some of us like, we won't even bring our kids places with cell phone towers, all right? Like, go on with your FUD, bro, but I just don't buy it. And come on to the show. I'd love to hear where we're wrong, please. And then if you could go ahead and offer some solutions, that would be amazing. Yeah, guys, jump on. None of your business, jump on. And who's the other guy? Kaushik? Uh, that's what the show's all about. You don't need to reveal your face. Just speak. Disguise your voice, whatever. Yeah, and I won't. I won't even watch it on YouTube, bro. (laughs) I literally won't even use like ninety percent of the stuff. Like the the farthest I ever dipped into this like BS tech world was to use Telegram, right? Like I got on Twitter for the purposes of talking to like Doug, and that was literally it, right? (laughs) Have any of you um have you have any of you figured out how to um get out of Tor and then go through either a proxy 
or a VPN so that you can mask the fact you're accessing a website from Tor. Cause so many of them, like I tried to do that recently with uh Hoonix on cubes and um, there's like a guide and it, it just, it just didn't work. Like I, I made sure that I was using a, a TCP connection cause you can't, you can't use a UDP um, connection after Tor, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work. And, and um, the guys were like, the Hoonix guys were like, yeah, it's not really, it's, it's, it's really not an updated guide. Does any, do any of you know how to get, from like after you're exiting tour to go through some kind of proxy so that the website you're visiting doesn't know you're coming from tour. You don't have I've to never done that, but I probably could figure it out. Yeah. You I mean, I kind of threw some time at it, but I didn't really. Tour. That's pretty weird. Dude, there's so many again. websites that don't. Yeah. Or are you making a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think StreamYard is the one that I've used knows how long. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's that like, like, for example, if you wanted to use FlixFloat, which I don't really use anymore because just so many other options, but if you wanted to use FlixFloat, can't really access it from Tor, um, and I've just seen other, you know, I've just seen many other websites that that don't work over Tor, even with it's one of the reasons why I've been so interested in LokiNet for so long. I would like to see some of these alternatives, like get to the level of development that Tor is at, and I would love to see more people using like lots of different ways to access multiple layers of the internet. Do you have any comments for showing your face to the world? Yeah. I mean, look at this face. Like the world, does, it needs some uplift in this world. So I thought, here's this handsome face, so we can have a more positive attitude. And no one needs to see my beautiful face like this guy does, because his attitude is clearly very negative. Okay, like I mean, even my yeah. kids are allowed to be. I mean, like that boy is pretty widely known in the Monero community at this point, is he not? So, but. <laughs> Dude, it's the idea of, oh, the powers that be, they're all run by the devil. And believe me, like, you probably won't find a bigger religious zealot than myself, right? Okay, okay, yeah, this is the devil's world. I agree. But are you going to let somebody drive you into your hidey hole and then sit there and eat your MREs and stare out the window with a rifle because somehow that's going to mean you won? No, you have to win. You have to take it back. You have to fight the battle on the battlefield. All right. If you're and afraid people of people who are concerned today. about sharing Bravo. their face, Bravo. which there are times to hide your face, and I will be chief among them. Okay. But somebody has to stand out there and be an advocate. I'd like to point out that all of the great heroes of this world, their names and faces are still out there. And there's a reason it's because they boldly stood in the face of tyranny or they boldly stood in the face of wickedness and they were not afraid. Okay, so if you open up your Bible, you'll find out that fear is of the devil. Okay, and this may be the devil's world, but God gives us the power to tread on snakes and serpent. Okay, so in other words, those who are boldly resisting evil are the people who are actually fixing the problem, my good friend. And if you need some kind of spiritual counseling, because I got news for you, bro, you're going to die anyway. All right, it's time for you to... uh either stop sounding like such a fed or come on out and resist evil with the rest of us. Okay. (laughs) Continue blogging on your YouTube comments and then telling us about your privacy techniques. It's fucking hilarious. Like you're telling me that my OPSEC is bad from a YouTube comments section. So please carry on. Yeah. Is it, because he, he was criticizing you uh, using Google. Isn't he using it right now? How is, is there some other way he's... Uh... No, he has a Google account in it's order YouTube. to make that message. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, 
what like tell me about the operating system you're using, how you built your computer and tell me about the armaments that you keep in an undisclosed location close to your current location right now and tell me about the activities that you do to resist the size and scope of government on a daily basis. And tell me about that parallel economy that you're building. So the fiat Fed note system doesn't control your ability to buy and sell. I would love to hear about it. You hater. Like, come on. Nice. Well, Pretty funny Twitter profile called Post by Feds. Destroyed them. Jesus. Well, like you're, you're dropping red pills, are, black pills. Are, Jesus pills. Welcome. You are always welcome to continue commenting, obviously, in the thread, but uh, to jump on at any time as well. Just don't make it spammy, but your, your your comments are fine right now. I mean, it's fine. He's not spamming. Well, here's the thing. I love it. Like, I work with a bunch of people. Who, I work with a bunch of people who know I'm right about, like, the Orwellian panopticon breathing down our throats and stealing all of our money and so on. I couldn't vibe more with you about the fact that the direction of the development of our infrastructure is horrible. Okay. But you actually have to do something. And the most common the most common thing that you get is this like endless desperation of hopelessness from people like this. Okay. If they were not afraid of you, bro, they would not be so quick to oppress you. Okay. They would be off doing the things that they're trying to accomplish. They'd be off, you know, trafficking their children and all of that stuff. But the reality is I still have my healthy children because they obviously can't take them. All right. And you need to preserve that world for the next generation. You need to preserve the ability to speak freely and transact freely. And how you're going to do that is, okay. we got you. You're trying to address the problem. The 5G network, blah, 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 microwave, you know, directional laser beam, you know, woo flu hoaxes and all that. I mean, this is a crowd of people that could vibe with you 110 percent. But when you're looking at the people who are championing solutions to these problems, acknowledging the shortcut, like the guys who just shelled out money for like a Monero escrow system, just laid it all out on the table. How like, yeah, we're still trying to figure out how to develop this. And uh, come on, help out, whatever. Like, bro, come on the show, vocalize your concerns. And if you're worried about your identity, continue the comment thread. I mean, as you can see, nobody is hiding the things that you're saying. Out of the, you know, the litany of comments that are available, you know, Doug and crew are so happy to put the haters up first and try to address those comments. All right. And myself included. And what I was tangenting about, like at my, my workplace, right, is a lot of the people who agree with me and are saying kind of the same things that you're saying, my dude, right there in the comments, like this idea of, well, what are we going to do about it? You know, like the, the really popular one. How are you going to fight drones or how are you going to fight? Somebody built those drones. Somebody is operating those drones and putting the code in for those drones. Okay. This war is far from over. Pick up your rifle and join us in the trenches, man. Like we would be happy to have more people who are awake and aware to a lot of these concerns to start weeding out problems one at a time and building a for real free economy. All right. This I mean, we've got all kinds of people who are, you know, all the way up to their neck in work that they are trying to get done to leave a better world for their children. And I hope that you will join us as well. That would be amazing. But that said, you have to start bringing some solutions, man. You have to start like putting the work in because until you validate that the work is getting done, 
you know, remember when Justin Einhofer was on earlier and they were talking about the CCS issue? You know, one of his top concerns was there sure are a lot of people talking about what's wrong, but there's not a whole lot of people like, you know, developers getting in the trenches and fixing the code problem. You know, people offering, you know, one guy asked us, uh, a couple of us to join the uh, the board for the Magic Monero Fund or whatever. I'd love to, but I mean, the truth is, is I am actually completely tapped out for time. I carve out time for this show every week because I think it's kind of like, you know, a duty of ours to get the word out. But that said, if you're going to be super paranoid about it or whatever, get on the board, right? Like they're looking for people to help out, right? Or, you know, learn how to code and start coding better software. Like it's not that complicated, the infrastructure for transmitting, you know, cellular service, right? Make a better cellular service, you know, like the Yegi antenna project that we were involved in um, in the San Luis Valley, right? There are better options for having network access than 5G and cell phone towers and all of that. $3,000, you can cover two miles, right? You be the guy who covers the first two miles. Give people free internet that is unrestricted, uncensored, connects to the wider internet, Get on it, bro. I'd love to see it happen. I'd also like to mention the fact that there is like a line to walk, especially when you're someone like Doug who's trying to get the word out there. Yeah, it would be great if we didn't use any of these centralized platforms that are, you know, owned by evil people that do evil things. But if we just stuck to like only like like Noster, maybe Odyssey, I don't even know if Odyssey lets you live stream. It's like a lot harder to get the message out there. So we're we're taking advantage of these platforms to undermine them, basically. And yeah, sometimes you just have the, to... On the other stuff, they already fucking know, man. They're already doing it. That's why they're on those platforms. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're already there. It would be really awesome. And I was at this point where I was trying to avoid using anything. Anything that was... I I didn't like the platform. Anything that was proprietary. It's... It's really, you're really, really, really limiting yourself and your ability to do things at that point. There is a line to walk, though, but I don't think it's just simply deciding to not use any of them. And those of us who know Tux, bro, his OPSEC is on point. It's not like his own personal business is done on these platforms. He's in the business of shilling red, okay? And then he goes back to his paranoid hidey hole and does the right thing. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. I've been I've been through the whole th- this whole thing of maximizing my freedom while trying to like because you can't you can't be like all or nothing. It's th- there is a line to walk, and you have to take part in some things that you might not like, like using proprietary platforms like YouTube, right, to get words out there to get the message out there because that's where all the people are. But yeah, there are ways to still true. use those things privately, and ultimately you'll probably end up doing a better job by taking part in that and spreading it. So it's it's just, there's like a balance. You have to be pragmatic about it. Not to feed into homeboy's paranoia, right? But the thing is, is like, if he wants to talk about op- OPSEC, my cars are older than my wife to avoid being tracked and traced. Okay, my cars like do not have tracking systems. They don't measure your body weight and so on, right? Like people who are driving cars newer than 2012, right? It's like, your OPSEC sucks, right? I could be that guy 
and I could probably fucking wipe the floor with this, right? And I don't want to be that guy because I'm glad he's awake and aware of the fact that shit's fucked up and he wants to make it better, okay? But you got to do the make it better part. And then the other thing is, if you want to red pill the masses, all right, get out there and teach somebody about men. There was another guy talking about like, oh, we're, there's no intrinsic value in these cryptos or whatever. And the dude probably gets paid in fiat. And it's like, you know, you can't open your mouth too much without looking like a hypocrite in this space because things are so bad you can attack in all directions, right? I don't lead with the idea of, hey, your car is too new and you're being spied on. I don't walk to somebody driving a Tesla and tell them about like, oh, you, you know, like this, this Tesla has all this proprietary, but no, you let it, you leave it alone, man. And you'd be like, hey, you, you want a little, just a taste of this freedom? Fucking amazing. It's going to, you're going to be floating on cloud nine the minute that you discover how awesome these gold backs are, right? Like, you know how liberating it is to shoot a gun? Like, start with the basics, dude. Like, just start with the basic. You're not going to get somebody to peel themselves away from their highly addictive iPhone and put down the Facebook today, okay? You got to get them going on some freedom that gives them that hit of that freedom crack, like, right now, and then work your way out. I mean, that's the thing, is that by... Yeah, we're going to take some clips from the show. Alaska sure. Aiden has had some epic... Alaska on segment... Yeah, but I'm not playing like I will literally off. carve out days off to like to just have a show of body ramp. I'm not even playing like the dude when he starts going is just fucking fire. It gets at me all jazzed up, right? It's just like, please, <laughs> please, body Wednesday Monero talk something like I'll pay for it, dog. I'm telling you right I have now. To go back please. and listen to one of bodies today. It was so good. For, for, right back at you, man. That sermon was was inspiring. If you ever want to do it, buddy, you know how to get a hold of me. I'll fucking be there, man. Like <laughs> I'll, I will literally leave work early to be there on time every time. No, nah, bro, I rant. I'm crazy enough already, man. I rant too much on on Twitter as it is. I got to pull Just it back. You know? the, the people love it, bro. The people fucking love it. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you're always isolating yourself to like the spaces with people who think just like you and do the same thing as you then you're never going to you know like alaska was talking about you know giving someone a little taste of freedom you can't spread that and you can't give that to people and i think that's important because if what we what we do and what we think is good then we should be spreading it to other people we should giving it to other people why would we take something that's super good and keep it to ourselves and in order to do that most effectively sometimes yeah you have to branch out into things you might not want to do things you might not want to use but I think it's better to think of it as taking advantage of these platforms. You're not you're not being held down by them. You're taking advantage. If you two banned Monero talk, oh well, right? Who cares? They did clearly they were a disruption if they were banned. Clearly they were doing too much good things if they were banned. I think we should be less worried about, you know, the fact that the platforms are bad and worry more about let's let's see how we can take advantage of these for good. I just I just want to tell anybody who is the Heidi hole type, right? That I'm sure are listening to this show because it comes with the territory, right? Like I went all in and I was living in the Colorado Rockies with two half wolf dogs, you know, guns, MREs. Like I, I shit you not, bro. I was burying Bibles in different mountains for the apocalypse. Okay. Like 
So when the day of reckoning came, there would still be like literature from long ago and all of that. And it's actually, it was Michael Ten's sister, that guy that was just, uh, I I started talking to her and she got me out of the mountain caves and whatever. And I'm telling you right now, like living that social life, like having my family, having, you know, like, like going back into the working world that, I mean, I mean, it's the corporate slavetocracy or whatever. The social side of that things is appealing to a part of your very human nature that is so fundamental that to to deprive yourself of that is to have already lost the war. Now, that does not mean that you have to be a socialite, right? Not everybody is Doug Tooman and can walk out there and make friends with like literally fucking everybody, right? Like I've seen it in action, guys. It's fucking amazing. Like a lot of us are coarse and uncomfortable people, but having a social network is fundamental to the health of a human being. It is just as important as having a nutritious diet. It is just as important as drinking water, okay? And I realize how ridiculous that statement might sound to some of you who are still, you know, living in a cave in the mountains. And I'm telling you, I legit was that guy, okay? But what are you fighting for If you look into what it is that has you running from and living in those mountains, in other words, if you hate the world the way it is so much that you run from the world, right? Like, what was it that you were fighting for in the first place? Having something to fight for is like the base layer of having the kind of motivation that unlocks your true potential. The things that I will do for my family are things that I would have never done for myself in those mountains. The things that I will do for, I mean, like I met Tux one time at Monerotopia, right? The things that I would do for him at this point are richer than the things that I would have done for myself in that dark place, okay? Like you have to at some point address your social needs, and that is why this is all worth fighting. Dude, so so deep. I mean, at the end of the day, that that's ex- literally what digital cash is. It's a tool for society to engage, right? So it, it, it's it's what the the end goal is the social network that we built from this tool. I was just at a, a food freedom convention for Alaska, um, and one of the things that Monero at this point is doing as good, if not better, on a global scale is what uh, the farmers markets and stuff have been trying to do for decades all around the United States. Revitalize something that was so natural for humans that as it disappeared, it was like a fish not acknowledging the water that they were swimming in. You know, people used to grow their own food. In fact, during the Great Depression, over 90% of people were living a relatively agrarian lifestyle where they grew their own food or at least their neighbors. And there were so many social aspects to that that were lost. And that is what makes room for the the psychiatry. Oh, man, of Michael now. But like the the psychiatry problems or the 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 government is your daddy problems and all of that. You know, if if you can look into the face of the average woman right now, they have lost all sense of security because that which is natural to them 
knowing where their food comes from, knowing who they can trust and so on, is under attack from every direction, you know? And the thing is, is Monero, it's it's not something that I try to sell about Monero when I'm talking to people. It's pretty like high level philosopher. But for those of us who are in the community, Monero has the capacity to revitalize what things like farmers markets are trying to revitalize right now. And it could also help a lot with the farmers markets in other ways. But the thing is, is the social aspect of Monero is a godsend. Mm, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Uh, we're, we're coming on three hours. What do you think? I know there, there was talk of trying to move the show. Tux was mentioning not everybody. Uh, this isn't the most ideal time, um, but it, it's pretty ideal for us over here. What do you guys think would be a better time for the show to consider? You know, I, I think I mentioned it before, but one of the things that I continue to believe is there there would be a lot of advantages to having a more consistent upload schedule beyond the two. But the thing is, is like you already work so hard. Your interviews, they're like crack. But the other thing is, is I wonder if some of this show shouldn't be broken up into time slots that would have a higher upload schedule and improve the the algorithm feed, right? So in other words, like if there was, you know, four shows a week and maybe like Body had a show or what, and I'm just throwing ideas, right? If you ever wanted my help with any of this, I think you know by now that I would absolutely do it. Um but the other thing is, is for some people, like the three hour thing being hard for them. I mean, I could do this for seven hours, right? Like I'm all about it. But the thing is, it's like the three hour thing versus like, you know, and I pray to God he would even accept, but like, like a body show. And then this show would, would be like the Doug, the, the Doug does the Doug thing followed by the viewers on stage. Right. It's, you know, just just breaking it up into more um, like weekly slots. Yeah. I, I haven't I mean, thought yeah, of the segment really could just be its own show because it goes on so long. But I honestly think we could just cut the Alaskan on show because it's mostly him most of the time. I don't want it to be. I just get all fired up. You know? <laughs> I'm open to ideas like that. Sure. If you guys want. I just I just thought this was the easiest way. Right. Like we just do one show a week. I know it is good for Central Europe this time, especially, but... What's the that? live show should definitely be moderated by Doug, too, because some of us fucking guys can go on forever, and, you know, you you know what the people want like nobody else does. Like, that's for sure. Yeah, I think our... I mean, from my point of view, the setup is great. It's ideal. And then I... Mm-hmm. It's, my, it's my Saturday morning, and then I can go on with my... Get back to my family. I know everybody's just trying to get back to their, to their family and their lives, so it's like... it's. Saturday morning, I think, is also a good time because globally, right? You still got Europe in there. Um, you're starting to get West Coast. Like, what would be the ideal time of the day on a Saturday? I think. Well, if you think like just from a market perspective, I wonder. Um, I mean, Saturday is like the market is closed, right? But the other thing is, is like there might be an incentive to like a Monday financial aspect of Monero show because the market activities just started. And then you have like a whole week of trading going on in the stock world. I don't know. I'm just throwing some shit out there. But that said, like, I mean, if you need anything for me, dude. Thank you, man. Yeah, we could move it to like a Friday night. Would that make sense? But then I feel like you're losing Europe. I don't know. Anybody have thoughts on that? Friday night? I mean, I think Saturday morning is, is pretty good. Um, okay. 
especially for at least the half of the show where it's like Doug and guests and then the uh, the guest set or the viewers on stage segment, right? Because like the live interaction part of the show is like kind of the the meat and potatoes for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But like I said, I mean, if you broke it up into more uploads of different stuff over different days, like it might improve like the uh, recommendation feed. It might improve how many people actually find it. You know? Well, mm-hmm. they do take um, one thing Doug does and um, and Renan, shout out to Renan for, for doing all the technical work in the background. Um, they grab like clips, like they'll grab the price report. They'll upload that on uh, like a Monday yeah. or Tuesday. They'll, gra- they'll grab the news. Um, and then I think I've seen shorts as well. Maybe not, maybe I haven't seen a whole bunch of shorts, but I, I do see those coming out here and there. Yeah. We do separately upload each segment and we upload it to natively to Twitter as well. So it plays there. I mean, um, the revitalization of like the, uh, like a dev segment, that's like a standalone thing would be super ideal, right? Like a Wednesday dev segment upload. So it staggers out the schedule or something like that. I mean, that would be amazing. Edward McLean likes our schedule. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I mean, are you guys cool? Are you guys cool with keeping it at Saturdays at 11? Is it, does it work for you guys? I mean, it's great for me. Um, I know the Cali guys and and the Alaska time zone is a little bit early in the morning, but um, I mean, it's going to be hard to capture the whole planet at a good time. Yeah. The guy who runs a trucking company does not have problems waking up at four in the morning though. Let me tell you right now. (laughs) Shit. You're hardcore, man. Um, all right, guys. I say we leave it at that, so we can't get back to our our lives over here. Thank you, everybody. I think I think this was a great one. It was a fantastic show. God bless you all. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this week's Maratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group.